1: you Good afternoon to you, and welcome back to the Brewcast Ah, yeah, there I am I always forget which microphone you're using over Well, here. yeah, this one i might have to change, this one's kind of limp I'm going to make a one-year resolution, but not until after the anniversary party will it begin That I will actually ask you which microphone you're using before the show starts talking <laughs> Sure you will <laughs> And you remember to, like, tape the archives, too. Yeah, I did remember to do that. Welcome, everybody, and happy Mother's Day to uh, all the mothers that may be listening, all the mothers that we've taken the fathers away from today. Uh, A happy Mother's Day to you. Yeah. And, uh... I don't know. Anybody, anybody who needs a Happy Mother's Day, we're extending that from here. And I want to make a couple of announcements about that. I would like you all to feel free to call in today if you want to say Happy Mother's Day to anybody you want. To your wives, to your mothers. Girlfriend. Uh, call us up. 888-401-BEER. You can do it on the air. It'll be archived forever. You can, you can cut out that little clip later on. and. And play it back, or, or I'll cut it out for you and send it to you for $50. <laughs> I just thought of that right now. <laughs> the, uh, the $50 bit. No, call us up and uh, say happy Mother's Day to anybody you'd like. Uh, all throughout the show. Uh, I'm happy to take your call and put it on there. We'll have to make them quick if everybody calls in to do that, but that'll be a cool thing. So, uh, one thing that we're gonna do here in a little while, Daniela and I thought it would be fun. I don't, I'm not really sure why. Uh, we thought maybe you guys would like to know. You know, Doc, everyone makes fun of me and thinks I'm a f- kind of a freaky dude. We thought it'd be cool if they got to meet my mom. So I figured since it's Mother's Day, <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll call up my mom here in a couple of minutes. And where all that freakdom came from. Yeah. She's a cool lady. <laughs> she, she is. She, she, like uh, She's kind of like her. me. She's like happy to talk about anything. So if you've got any questions, I'm going to call her on Skype, which will leave the phone line open. So if you want to call in and ask my mom any questions <laughs> about how I got so messed up or something, uh hey, you're welcome to do that. She's she's really open. So you don't got to like you don't have to worry about it. But We're going to call her and say happy Mother's Day, see what they're up to. I think my mom's in Vegas. She is. Right now, uh Yeah, pulling that one arm bandit. Yeah, a lot of vices in my family. <laughs> and I think that they're in Vegas doing a little Mother's Day thing. So, uh we'll call her up in in just a couple of minutes. And then I think The uh, long-awaited, I've been wanting to get Doc's wife on the phone for a long time now. Yeah, he sprung that on me about two two minutes ago. Right when Doc called in, I was like, what do you think the chances are of Karen answering the phone today? (laughs) So, we'll see. see. (laughs) He tried to get her to do it, and we'll see if she actually does. She wasn't too happy about that one, but I think she'll answer it. Her, we have to be extra nice to. We're just gonna say thanks to mm-hmm. her. My mom, we gotta be nice to, but you could ask her anything. She doesn't care. But <laughs> Doc's wife, we we'll have to be extra nice to. We just thought it'd be fun, you know, get, uh, let you guys get to know us a little better and uh, bring our lives into your home here on Mother's Day.
2: What about my uh, mom? Um,
1: your mom's in Germany and probably uh, No one would understand her.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she pulled some good English when they were visiting.
1: Yeah, she does. But I did. Uh, I thought she would be totally freak her out if we put her on. We can call her.
2: No, oh. she's probably asleep now. Yeah, it's like 3 a.m. there.
1: Oh, okay. Because I'll be happy to. Me too. That might be funny, actually, do that. answer the phone and me calling her up. <laughs> hey, Ma, you're on the air.
3: <laughs> You'll never be in the family after that one.
1: So there's that. And, you know, we got so much good information coming this show because Ray Daniels did an interview with us uh, earlier today. So I, I kind of don't feel too bad about having a little fun in the beginning, a little Mother's Day fun. Sure. Uh, Ray Daniels actually gave me a good 50-minute interview today. So, uh, even on
3: Mother's Day too.
1: On Mother's Day, he could only commit 20 minutes to the show, and then that kind of got messed up too. But he said, if we get to him early enough, I could I could do a proper interview. So uh, he'll be uh, we'll be doing that promptly at six o'clock, and it, it's a real good interview. It's all your questions, guys. You posted your questions for him on the forum, and and that's what I I gave to him. And Doc sent me a list, too. So it was between what Doc wanted to know because he's the Designing Great Beers guru and what you guys wanted to know was pretty much what the interview consisted of. A little background on Ray Good. in there, too. So uh, real happy to be bringing that to you. And then after that plays, and by the way, we'll stay in the chat room during that and hang out with you guys. After it plays, Doc will come back and we'll, we'll answer any other questions you have and do a, a brief yeah. Designing Beers deal mm, to clean that. up. At 5.30, Gary Glass is calling us up, the uh, director of the AHA, and he's going to talk to us about the National Homebrew Competition, which we're officially going we to. We are going. But uh, we'll save that for a little bit later and, and make sure we get that going. I
2: can already be excited, though. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So so we'll do that. Um, so I don't know what I should do here. If I should go right to calling the moms. I got a little feedback. Do
2: the, feed, the do the feedback. Call the
1: mom. And then call my wife. Get that over
3: They'll with. Call
2: okay. your mom first then.
3: No, because you are going to have mom, her mom on the phone quite a while. And yeah, I, prom- th- I promised my wife a, Quick.
1: a very short window. <laughs> you want me to call your wife just right now? Uh, no, do do the feedback and then we'll call my wife. Okay. Uh, so a couple of things here. One of them, Doc, was, uh, says, Dear Justin, I just listened to the clarification show. And I was surprised at the discussion of whirlpooling. And the reason is that no one seemed to be aware of Jamil's excellent and simple way to make the whirlpool attachment to an immersion chiller that's described on his webpage, which, by the way, is MrMalty.com. Not only does it do the whirlpooling thing, it decreases cooling time by at least half. Check it out. I'm all thumbs, but I built it. Thanks for the BN. That's from Jack. We've talked about that. We have, but we didn't uh, when we were discussing whirlpooling last week. He does make a good point. uh, Had I, uh, you know, checked all my avenues before the discussion, I might have mentioned that and I didn't. Uh, You can go to MrMalty.com. I actually I know of the theory behind the whole thing, but I I haven't looked at the setup. I don't know how it yeah, works. Yeah, I have.
3: It's, it, it works actually really well. They're cooling it very fast and whirlpooling at the same time. You're gonna get the cold break coming down.
1: So is the immersion chiller actually his form of chilling as well, or that's just yeah, he's how he's chilling it with that? Plus yeah. he's
3: recirculating, and putting it back in there, and when he's putting it back in there, it swirls.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out because I'm I yeah. use the immersion and I'm not, I'm really not happy with its performance as yeah. it is. And so I think maybe, uh, and uh, that um, and my whirlpool sucks. You need a pump for that. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that uh, that bothers me. <laughs> I had some really nice ones this week. Like you one you
3: sound sad about that.
1: Well, here's what I think about. It. Like, you know, I don't mind reading the ones where they bash us and stuff because it's, I don't know, it's sort of de- self-deprecating and that's fun. But. <laughs> I kind of feel like if I read the ones that are really nice, like I read one I think last week that was just a genuinely nice one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like people might think we're tooting our own horn and stuff. Oh, and I come on. I, and I don't want it to look like that. I think that's kind of a like, do, we're, like we only read the good ones. Yeah, and I don't want I I don't want to like oh another feedback how great is the brewing you know what I'm saying? But I, that's I, I not could, what you're you're always looking for the nasty.
3: Ones. I know. Yeah,
2: and you're even asking for nasty ones.
1: I just haven't gotten any nasty ones, but I don't know if
2: people think it's then sort of
1: you know. Egotistical of us to to read the good ones.
2: Well, as the brewing network is something, is a community thing, and it's not only us. I mean, the brewing network is listeners, is us, is brewers, is before, craft beer, is the forum, is everything. So, isn't this like a testimonial for all of us? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, unless it says Justin, I love you and you're great. <laughs> I mean. Now
1: then, I shouldn't read it, huh? Then you should. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, there's a couple of them. One from Australia. Let me just go buzz through that real quick. Relative newcomer to home brewing. Don't always understand all the technical talk we do, but it, but it is sinking in through osmosis or whatever. Your show is the perfect balance between information and entertainment. Love the banter and joking. Every week looks forward to downloading the podcast so we can listen in his car. Um, and goes on to say, hey, by the way, I just tasted Chimay Red. And although I enjoyed it, or maroon or brown or whatever it is, uh, he says. <laughs> <laughs> and although I enjoyed it, I wouldn't say it was my all-time favorite. The malt and bittering are well-balanced, but there ain't much aroma. Not that I detected, anyway, is what he said. And that's uh, Andrew from Sydney, Australia, had that to say. Well,
3: Belgium and uh, Australia are kind of far apart.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then, okay, so the real, real nice one, it's just that uh, the person wants us to think about our actual position in broadcasting here. A lot of times I'll make fun about us having two listeners, (laughs) you know, and whoever else (laughs) is out there, which isn't exactly true. As long as we're listening. That's right. Uh, He says, hey, I was looking at your site that I've been to so many times now when something occurred to me. I was wondering if you guys and Daniela know how famous you are. Has it even crossed your minds that you have potentially a larger audience than most of the terrestrial stations here? Think about it. You reach around the globe. You've managed to do this in less than a year. Another feat they can't match. I'm glad that I found you on the computer and have listened to the archives multiple times for the info. I know that at times it must seem like you only have a few listeners, but that's only because so many of us listen to the archives as our only means of getting the show. I, for one, feel lucky to be in your audience and appreciate the hard work you've all put in. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Keep up the good fight. That was for Justin. Uh, And that's from Beer Bear. Kind of hanging up and saying. Oh yeah, I like that guy. And saying cool things to us. He is uh, cool. You know that's really nice. Uh, You know, uh, it is cool. I I guess the the way terrestrial radio works, it actually is quite possible that we have a lot more listeners than many of those shows. And uh, I'm pretty sure that in the beginning. We have a lot more listeners on here than we will on my terrestrial show that begins next week too, because it's a yeah. it's a starter. I'm hoping that we are they doing any advertising for combine it? Combine it all, or are they together? just hoping somebody might switch the dial and you know? Right there's... now, it seems like they're counting on me. Although I think they're going to start running promos for it this week. It airs a week from today at three o'clock. Um, that's 106.9 freefmcom dot com is where you can listen in if you're not in the area, or just tune into 106.9 over here. But uh, they're going to start promoing it this week. They're not paying too much attention, I think. Until my, they they want me to, they want to make sure I don't suck. <laughs> they want to <laughs> listen to the first show, I think, and see how I do, and then uh, maybe they'll start. See if you can make the suits a little money. Promoing it after that, yeah. So uh, anyway, I, it what you know for him to say, you know, uh, just a genuine thanks, and uh, you know, make sure he points out to us that we do have a lot of listeners out there on archives. I, I appreciate it, and I want to say thanks to him for letting us know that that was cool. He came in later with a question that I'll ask you later, Doc. It's about. About designing beers. Okay. Wants to know about English ales. So uh, I'll be getting that question answered a little bit later. All right. You want to do some mama talk? Yeah, why not? Let's get that over. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what we got here. Can't do the hair All right. What's your... Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell everybody. <laughs> why don't you write down your number for me, Doc? Uh, I need something to look okay. right. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, everybody be dialing my wife any second. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. Hey, Doc, why don't you just... Uh, Give me your number there and everyone can call. And uh, give your wife a personal. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. You
3: don't know me, but. Who the
1: hell are you? This is going to be fun. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Okay, 555. Doc's wife. (laughs) All right. She doesn't know what's going to happen. I think she's. She's nervous, huh? Yep. She better answer. I'll leave an angry message on your voicemail. Well, d- don't play the voicemail. No. Service feature is not
3: subscribed, please. What? Assalamualaikum.
1: <laughs> that certainly wasn't your wife, was it? No. Let's try that again. I'm using this stupid Skype out thing, which isn't stupid when it works. By the way, it's it's completely awesome and it's really cheap to use. But when that happens, do you need an area code on that? Yes.
3: You should probably go back and put one in.
1: Just assume that Skype would know I'm local. (laughs) Stupid thing to assume. Here, it'll work this time. Good. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. It's it's working. (laughs) Better work for my mom, I'll tell you that. She's going to be fun. Hope she's hammered. Pulling slot machines and whatever else. Invalid phone number... Doc, what are you messing with me over here? Did you d- <laughs> help me out here?
3: Okay, Try the yeah, tried the uh, area code first.
1: Now, I, I have to. I know that I have to do the country code. Okay. As a tutorial to you, Skype users, when you get Skype out, make sure you do the country code for every phone call. You can't just do. It doesn't know that you're in the states. It, like it just, it's a you know, it's a worldwide thing. The Skypey, so you gotta. Make sure you type in the country code, too, which I've been doing. All right. Well, your wife's not going to work. How come? I don't know. Let's try my mom, and if that one works, we'll know that it's something with your phone number. How about that? That's a bummer. I guess we can get her on the regular phone. Yeah. Do that. Do that. Daniela, dial up this number for me. Get her on there. Please. Please. Come on. What, i got no time for uh, politeness around here. i got to get this done. All right, I'll get my mom on the horn here, and you get Karen on the phone there. We'll let Karen go earlier.
2: Oh, <sighs> Crotch is saying you have to add a plus.
1: Add a plus. All right, dial up that number. Get her get her on the phone there. Oh, what a bummer. I used this earlier today, and I thought it would uh, work just perfect. So, Crotch, I got to add a plus and the 011 or what? You know what I'm saying? You want to take it on the air? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Hang up. Go ahead. Karen? Yeah. Hi, Karen. It's Justin. Hi. How are you doing? I'm
4: doing fine. You
1: did answer the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. I appreciate you answering the phone. I'm not going to abuse you or make this hard on you or anything. Okay. I actually just wanted to call and and genuinely thank you and give you a happy Mother's Day to you. and, And really thank you, not only from the Brewing Network here, but I... I know from our listeners as well, for, for sharing Dr. Scott with us every Sunday.
2: Sure, I know he loves it. So
1: You just really want to get rid of him, though, too, don't you?
2: That's part of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been invaluable to the show, and uh, we here at the Brewing Network, as well as our listeners who are, are many families across the globe here, understand the sacrifice it can sometimes be. So I really just wanted to take today and say Happy Mother's Day, and that you rock just as much as Dr. Scott rocks.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Okay, wonderful. And did he did he take you out to a nice lunch today? Yes. And did you get everything that you wanted from Dr. Scott today? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> almost. Because almost, almost. <laughs> Aside from maybe more time away. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because I can give him a smack and a around before he comes home if you need me to. <laughs>
2: That's okay. Maybe just one smack.
4: Just one smack.
1: No. Ups, upside the head. Are right, you hurt? Doc you have to let me cuz she said <laughs> she said you need a smack so none of that karate she'll, stuff. She'll check when I get home if yeah, <laughs> there's no mark. She'll ask. <laughs> okay, that's all. I know you're busy. I just wanted to say that to you. Thank you very much, and happy Mother's. Well,
2: Day. Well, you're quite welcome. I appreciate the we'll, call.
1: We'll call you again on another time. And yeah, next time I call though, it'll be uh, I'll expect you to to give us all the dirt on Doctor Scott. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Bye Bye-bye. bye. All right. I guess do the same with with my mom. If I can't get this thing to work, I'm, I really want to get my and mom at on a the home plus. At what point? What plus? At what point? I
2: didn't add a plus though when I dialed to Germany. I know, I me
1: mean, neither. You just do the country code. That's what I did today.
2: No, not the country code even.
1: You didn't. Well, for
2: can Germany you not I call
1: did. the cell phones? Because that's what my mom's on there oh, in Vegas. Oh, probably. I wonder if call they don't, the don't like that. Oh, I know they don't like you talking on your cell
3: phone when you're gambling.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's true. Although she might not be actually in the casino. Yeah, it's not a valid number. It Won't let me do the cell phone thing. Hmm. I wonder if we can just on the phone here. You do on the phone. Do uh, like one of those? Because I don't have long distance here. Well, you don't trust yourself. All right. What's one of those ten? What's what's one of those ten ten things? Ten ten three two one or something. Yeah.
2: Somebody is giving advice for asshat here how to use Skype.
1: Asshat doesn't care about their stupid advice.
2: (laughs) You want to try it again?
1: I assume asshat is me. That's a good assumption. There you go. Yeah, see, I'll just use the regular phone system here. Probably cost me ten bucks. I shouldn't have warned her I was calling. I should have an answered. Hello? Mom? Who's this? <laughs> <laughs> One of your two sons. What are you talking about? <laughs> what son? <laughs> Hi, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Can you hear me? Maybe that wasn't your mom.
2: That was so his mom, I'm telling you. (laughs) I should have talked to her.
1: (laughs) I can't believe my mom just hung up on me. Let's try again.
3: You're not my mom. I totally
2: know where she's coming from.
3: She's busy gambling.
2: (laughs) You have no idea how often I hang up on him. Doesn't that explain (laughs) it? Like Now we don't
1: even have to uh, hold the conversation. That explains everything.
5: Don't hang up. Don't hang
1: up. Let's see. What's wrong with her? Hello? Mom?
2: Who's this? (laughs) Linda?
1: You can't keep hanging up on me. Uh, You're embarrassing me in front of my uh, uh, audience. What? Hello? Can you hear me? (laughs) That's gotta be it. Are you sure that's my mom?
2: It sounds like your mom.
1: That's not your mom.
2: It can be your mom, though. She wouldn't hang up on you twice.
1: <laughs> yeah, she, she was funny, but she's like, <laughs> she's not that funny. <laughs> Here, call on this phone. And see, you talk to her, Danielle. See if that's my mom. You got to dial ten ten three two one and then another one, and then that number. <laughs> wow. What a disaster this bit's turning into, huh? I thought for sure she'd be happy to take my call on the air. She said she would earlier. I could read some news while we're waiting for that doc. News? We need music then. No, well, that was for feedback, which oh. I didn't do. It's pretty interesting news about uh, beta glucanase and, pro- and propylene glycol alginate being in mass-produced beer. Do you know what those two chemicals are, doc? Yeah. And uh, they say they're saying in this article, it was in the BBC News, that those are additives uh, commonly used in the production of mass-market beer to help speed up the brewing process. That's what beta-glucanase they says can do. While while propylene glycol alginate can be added to help stabilize a beer head, a beer's head of foam. What do you think about that, Doc?
3: Well, uh, there's some weird thing that they because they. They say beer, uh, they, they they make beer something that's not really food, so they can add things to it. Yeah. They classify it as something else, so they can they're able to put these weird stuff in it. Yeah. For some weird weird, but you never hear about it. And a lot of these big beers put things in there.
1: Mom. Hello. 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 <laughs> Why do you keep hanging <laughs> up on me? What's wrong with you?
6: You're hanging
1: up on me. I didn't hang up on you.
6: Yes, you did. You do it all the time.
1: Happy Happy Mother's Day, Mom.
6: Well, thank you. How do I know you're my son?
1: (laughs) How many sons do you have that are on the radio?
6: Um, Can you describe yourself?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. How's Las Vegas treating you? (laughs) What is going on around here?
2: Wow! What did you do? What did she say when you talked to her? Off she the was head? very happy to talk to me.
1: Did she say there's a big kept difference p- between you and him?
2: Yeah, no. She said, oh, "Hi, Daniela. How sweetie? How's it, how are things?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> did she say we kept hanging up on her?
2: That's what she said.
1: I'm obviously not hanging up on her. Call her back once more. Tell her, ask her if she's if she's trying to be funny. To stop being funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> I mean, it was funny the, uh, the first time. It's, it might be a little more funny if we, it wasn't 100 degrees in the studio right now. Yeah, exactly. We've got to take a break in a couple of minutes anyway. Gary Glass is going to be calling I'll be in. We'll be passing out in a couple of minutes. It's Please good. continue about these additives, Doc, while we're waiting. You were about to say that they do. So they are actual chemical additives? So these Yeah, a lot of them are for
3: clarification or beer stabilization. Yeah. Mostly that's what they're for because these guys have to have shelf life, and a lot of it's unpasteurized beer. Some are pasteurized beer, but they want to have it... Uh, Basically, the products stick on the shelf, and if they're going to go through a lot of handling abuse, things like that, mm. uh, like being stored hot, being stored in the light, all that kind of stuff. So they use a lot of things to stabilize that. I got gotcha. you. I mean, they're not like you who, who brews one week and drinks the next. Sissies. So they, they've they got to get it out there and get it on the shelves, and a lot of it you know, gets a lot of product abuse.
1: Here, maybe she's calling us now. Call her. You're on the air.
6: Hi, I keep getting hung up on.
1: Mom, what's wrong with you? You keep hanging up on me. There's nothing
6: wrong with me. I have a flat tire. I'm sitting on the in the on the on side
1: oh. of the highway. Oh, that's a terrible Mother's Day. You guys got a flat, huh? There, there again. See, it's off. It's ob-
2: the desert.
1: It's, it's, she's in the middle of the desert. Yeah. She's got a half a bar
2: of reception. Your mom still loves And you. she's blaming yeah. it
1: on me that I'm hanging up on her? She probably doesn't
3: know what those little bars mean anyway. You see why I'm neurotic? <laughs> you see
2: what I got, what I've gone through my whole life here? You can talk to your therapist next she, week. She hangs
1: up eight times and it tells me that I'm hanging up the phone. <laughs> Doc, got a little complex there, do you? I need to borrow some money for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting... Ma, you got half a bar a reception there, and you're blaming me for hanging up on you.
6: No, you're hanging up on me. I can tell. You always do that.
1: I just started explaining to people how you're a nutcase.
6: <laughs> Why? Well, just because it's 110 degrees out and I'm standing on the side of the highway, yeah, looking at some imposter that thinks he's my son.
1: My mom's a desert rat. She lives in the middle of the desert. There's nothing around except for desert.
6: And Las Vegas.
1: And, and her dogs. She has she's desert. She has desert and her dogs. <laughs> and your father. That's what I said. <laughs> desert and dogs. Oh, you're stuck with a flat. That sucks, Mom.
6: Yeah, and
1: no that's shit. I don't think they have a spare. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> that's gambling.
6: That's even
1: suckier. <laughs> uh, how did Vegas treat you? Did you win some money?
6: No, we didn't gamble.
1: Why? What's wrong?
6: Well, because we're going to move and not tell you where we're moving to. Yeah?
1: <laughs> Again? He <laughs> keeps finding them.
6: <laughs> We're looking
7: at motorhomes for our great adventure.
1: Oh. Ooh. My folks are, are going to retire and do this whole motorhome yeah. thing where they buy a motorhome and just travel the country. full full-timers. Yeah. Are you guys going to drive to Italy? I hear it's really nice there.
6: No, but we thinking about Hawaii.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a nice drive. Yeah. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah, Australia. Hey, I can tell this story because my folks have a different last name than I do. They won a bunch of money in Vegas a long time ago, and they didn't claim it. They don't even let you out of the casino. Uh, they gave, if you, I guess if you take cash, it's up to you to claim it or something, right, Mom? Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. You guys are you are sneaky bastards.
6: Yeah, tell me want
1: cash. <laughs> yeah, and then you yeah, know actually give you an armed guard. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> my dad was like, I want it in quarters, and he backed his truck up to the door. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like my folks, though. My dad's kind of old school from Brooklyn, you know, kind of guy, who like, you know, before he was a, a decent dude, was, like, stealing cars and stuff, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sounds like my father-in-law.
3: Yeah. Before he was a decent dude, he was running numbers in Brooklyn. That a boy. Yeah. Hey, he taught
7: you everything you know.
1: That's right. <laughs> my dad and your dad probably knew each other, Doc. That was my, was my wife's dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, they might have. <laughs> so no gambling. All right, well, I, we really just wanted to say uh, Happy Mother's Day and uh, give you know my listeners a clue about uh, why I'm so screwed up. Any, anybody we can call for you, like you know AAA or something? Yeah, you need a hand or what?
6: Uh, No, you could probably call, like, the water company and ask them to drop off a couple bottles. How
1: long have you guys been stuck there?
6: Oh, just a few minutes so far.
1: (laughs) Well, good to pass the time with us.
6: Yeah, as soon as the phone rang, the tire went
1: flat. I don't get that. And you know what? My dad's one of these guys that when shit like this happens, he just goes ballistic. He's a miserable bastard. Just like yeah, you. i he's
2: about 50 feet away, so I
1: can't hear him yelling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's I, feel, I feel sorry for the dogs, so. though. <laughs> <laughs> he's really pissed, though, huh? He's just, like, throwing things around?
6: No, no. He's mellowed out.
1: Oh, that's good.
6: He All hasn't right. shot anybody in a while or anything. Oh, right. hey.
1: That's anybody you know of.
3: Yeah. Our next-door neighbor maybe be next. So who I, knows. Now yeah.
1: I know why you live in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to put my dad on the phone because he's a riot, but he, he when you listen to him, you, just, you think that he hates the world. He's, he doesn't. He's nice, but he, he just sounds like the world is his enemy. <laughs> he's an angry-sounding dude. I don't have time, though. I can't do that. You
6: know, you could give like a prize away to your listeners, and they could come to Lake Havasu for Memorial Weekend.
8: Yeah, and Who? help us pack
6: <laughs> free beer. Or paint or do yard
1: work. You see how they work? <laughs> it's like, uh, hey, I've got this great idea. We need the house painted. <laughs> <laughs> any friends? Yeah, exactly. But i some really
7: good food.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, got to go. i got a show to do here, but I wanted to say uh, truly happy Mother's Day, Mom. Well, and, uh,
2: thank you. I, uh, we miss you.
1: I hope you're not stuck there on the side of the road for too long.
2: If we are, we'll call you.
1: If you ever want to tell terrible stories about me, you can you can call into the show and tell okay. them, and tell them can all you want. you
6: tell you want. people you sleep with your eyes open? <laughs> We it's don't. really scary. Uh, <laughs> it is
1: a little freaky that I
6: sleep with yeah. my
3: eyes open. My, my older son does the same thing. It's weird.
6: I, I think it's
1: because of his dad. Yeah, Probably. <laughs> one eye open. Yeah, I <laughs> got to <laughs> keep it. Yeah. Yeah, no, in our house you had to keep them both open. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Thank you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day.
7: Thank you. You have
1: fun. All right. If you get stuck there for too long, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Okay, okay Bye. Uh, she's a good lady.
3: <laughs> Especially you're having a good attitude while being stuck on the
1: side of the, you know, the Vegas road. Yeah, I'm telling you, my dad is about to explode. His head is on fire right now.
3: Especially when he found out that there's no spare. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what I mean. Aww. Honey, why is there no spare? <laughs> and she probably just used up the last of her phone battery for the phone call to hear. Yeah. That's going to set him off again. <laughs> call her. You're on the air. Hey, Hello. Gary Glass. Hi. Hi, Gary. How are you? I'm just about to Good. take a break. Hang in there for me for one second. Sure. Alright, great. Uh, Gary Glass of the AHA on the horn with us right now. we got to take a real quick break. When we come back we're going to interview him about the National Homebrew Competition that's in uh, Florida. And uh, the Brewing Network is officially going to that. we got a, we got a booth. We're going to broadcast. We're going to do the whole thing. We'll tell you about that right when we come back with Gary Glass. You're listening to the Brewing Network. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. We have to roll on because I've been accused of waffling in. I can not believe that, I don't think anyone can ever think that you waffle I don't waffle, I've never waffled in my life but no, after abusing the waffle network about the way they waffle I got emails, I am sure it's from the brewing network that they've sent this in here because I got emails saying I waffle so I'm going to keep moving the program along here no waffle, no waffle, so where are we? Now I can waffle <laughs>
4: <laughs> Oh, here we go. I think we
1: blew it. <laughs> oh, no. We're back. We're back. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. We try. We try to save your life every Sunday. A couple of beers at a time, actually. I should change the promo. We've got Gary Glass on the phone with us. I hope, uh, although Skype's been messing with us today. Gary, you there? I am here. Hey, perfect. Wow, it's amazing how things come together sometimes, my friend. Uh, Gary Glass. First uh, yeah, <laughs> the director of the AHA uh, is with us today, and uh, happy to have you, Gary. How are you today?
8: Oh, I'm fantastic. It's great to be here.
1: Are we making uh, family members angry that we've stolen you on Mother's Day? I hope not.
8: No, no, my wife's listening
1: in. Oh, perfect. Happy Mother's Day to Mrs. Glass. There we go. <laughs> Not a mom cat. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, don't, don't
8: jinx me, man. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Alright, uh, well what we want to talk about with Gary today, and I'm, I'm really very excited about this, and, uh, because it's, it's certainly a first for the Brewing Network, and I hope a first for the NHC, although I'm not positive. We are going to broadcast from the National Homebrew Competition in Florida this year, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about doing that, and, uh, I, I think it's going to be a good time. Gary, you're going to be there, of course, right? Absolutely, you got to like run the whole thing.
8: Yeah, that's part of my role as director. Okay,
3: you're hoping it'll all be done and running on its own by that time.
8: Oh, it doesn't exactly run on its own, but uh, <laughs> hopefully it appears that way. Yeah,
7: <laughs> I kind of want to have a. Group,
8: we have a team of uh, of the local volunteers that are helping to, to put everything together. So it's it's, it's actually a, a group effort, and the, the local committee puts on. It's on uh, most of the events, so uh, it's great to have that that kind of uh, local dedication.
1: Yeah, that's got to help. It's probably impossible without it. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I kind of wonder if I'm going to catch Gary Glass completely hammered at the uh, at the NHC. I don't picture you as that kind of a dude, but you're in the beer industry, just like the rest of us. So I'm just kind of wondering if you're gonna if you're gonna be kind of passed out in the corner of the NHC on on Saturday afternoon when it's all done.
8: Uh, yeah, that would probably be bad for my job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if I find you there, I, I promise not to tell anybody except for my listeners. <laughs> yeah, hey, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, practically nobody. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the National Homebrew Competition, it's actually June 22nd through the 24th, so it's coming up really quick, and what is it? Early bird registration, which gives you a discount, ends tomorrow, doesn't it?
8: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it'll be, uh, we'll, we'll be... Pulling down those early registration prices uh, at, at midnight mountain time tomorrow.
1: Midnight mountain and what is what's early registration? How much of a discount are we talking here?
8: Uh well on the full registration it's uh it's about thirty bucks. Oh, okay. Exactly thirty bucks.
1: That's great. That's a it's a batch of extract right there. You can save. So by tomorrow, you got to get on there and do it by tomorrow. You can go to www.ahaconference.org. Uh, we also have a link right there on our main page. It's the allocator chugging a beer. Just click on that guy, and it'll take you right there, and you can register. Tomorrow is the deadline at Midnight Mountain. And I want you guys to go to this thing. It's my first year, Gary, so you're going to have to give me a little rundown. What do I got to look forward to? All
8: right, well, Things get started on on Wednesday with the pre-conference events, and these are all not officially part of the conference, but uh, it's stuff that the the local organizers put together uh, to entertain all the people coming in from out of town. Um, They're going to start off with uh, a great gator-tail brewing gadget extravaganza. Um, That's going to be Wednesday uh, from 3 to 4, and they're doing uh, basically people bringing in the the kinds of gadgets that they – um, that they designed themselves, built, um, and just sharing ideas. So it sounds like a really great time. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and then they're doing a raffle followed by a, a pub crawl. Oh, okay. And then on. Uh, that's on all Thursday, Wednesday night. <laughs> that's all Wednesday night.
1: Okay, yeah. great. And
8: then Thursday Thursday from 11 to 12.30, they're doing a, a lunch buffet at uh, Rossi's Pizza, which is also mm. a town. They have uh, 21 taps, so.
1: Nice. Ooh, great. Pizza and twenty-one beers. I I may not leave. Just, just cut the pizza. <laughs> well, You've gotta, you gotta come back
8: <laughs> then then we do the the welcome toast at uh, at one.
1: Oh. Okay. <laughs> no, that's great. and then so the welcome toast is just everybody kind of gets around and you have some keynote speakers and things like that happening, or is that just that everyone gets a drink and says hello? Uh.
8: Well, it's, it's you know everybody gets a drink and then uh, and and. Myself and uh, the uh, the uh, committee chair uh, Ed I uh, will just you know, welcome everybody to to the conference and Great. To Orlando and to the best time they will ever have in homebrewing.
1: Absolutely, man, I'm looking forward already. And that's only that's only the first day of it, really. The Wednesday night, and then that's Thursday. It's yep. the kickoff party, and we haven't even gotten into the information that gets uh, distributed there, right?
8: Right, right. I mean, our, our lineup of speakers this year is is by far the best we've ever had. Uh, really can't go wrong. I mean, there, there's. There, I think every every set, there's two two talks going on uh, throughout the conference and uh, side by side. That's always a, a, pro- pro- were, That's always a problem. That's always the problem. Is
3: different which one do you want to go to and you want to see all of them? All oh, right.
8: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, Matt Brennelson from Firestone Walker, who just uh, took his. The uh, Brewmaster of the Year. Oh yeah, for a mid-sized brewery at, at the World Beer Cup for the second World Beer Cup in a row. That's he's right. taking the same award at, at Great American Beer Festival, so one of the one of the by far the top brewers in the in the country. Uh, he's doing a talk on hops that uh, that uh, is a modified version of what he did for the the Craft Brewers Conference a couple of years back.
7: Okay. Um,
8: and, and I, I happen to see that talk, and it, it is fantastic. Like the the kind of information that. They're just presenting this, uh you're not gonna get anywhere else.
1: Right. Yeah, by the way. Great job. Matt was a before he was a brewer, he was actually a hop chemist. I mean this guy, he is a brainiac when it comes to, to hops. So uh Hey, that's cool. He's a good guy too. Love their beer. And uh he came on our show but it was the drunken show, Doc. You remember that? You promised that you were gonna warn him ahead of time. No, and John didn't. promised he was going to warn him ahead of time and he shows up and <laughs> Poor guy. there's chaos in here going <laughs> on. He's so he's, I saw him at Boonville just this past weekend. He's stoked to come back though. He's, he didn't hold it against us, doc. Okay. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to be a great speaker to see there. Who else you got in the lineup there?
8: Uh, well, we've got uh John Mallett from Bells Brewing Company. Okay. Uh this, this guy is uh, I mean, he's a little quirky, but uh he is definitely one of the brightest people in the in the brewing industry right now. Um, and and if you've ever had a chance to have some bells beer I know you guys are west coast so uh, they're out in uh, Michigan okay but, uh, uh, they Hebrew is really fantastic beer and uh, and is just one of the brightest guys out there he's going to be talking about um, about uh, flavor contributions coming from from malt uh, th- different flavors coming from different malts different mashing techniques uh, that kind of thing and, uh, definitely going to be one of the one of the more more uh, technical talks out there, but uh, but it will be really excellent for our, for our, uh, home brewers out there. Cool. Uh, we've got Lynn Kruger from uh, the Siebel Institute. Uh, she's probably one of the best palates in in terms of beer in the world. Uh, she's really uh, excellent. She's been teaching at the Siebel Institute for a long time, uh, and I, I believe she's currently the the um, CLO of Siebel Institute. Wow. Uh, She's going to be talking about the the influence of of yeast in terms of flavor contribution.
7: Uh, Oh, that's great.
8: Issues like uh, like temperature and different yeast pitching rates, different problems that can go wrong with fermentation and the results in in terms of beer flavor. So that's going to be a really fabulous talk.
1: Absolutely. I got to talk to her personally, too, because... We could use some help with our tastings we do here every week by, by the greatest palate on the planet, Doc.
3: Yeah, what, what does CLO stand for? You can call her the chief, uh, the chief CLO over there? Oh, COO. Oh, oh I, could, I thought, I, I, thought gotcha. I heard CLO like chief libations
1: officer. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, Doc. You Maybe that. <laughs> Doc's our CLO. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. And it goes all the way through to, what, Saturday night?
8: Yes, yeah, so it goes goes from uh, Wednesday as the pre-con, and then uh, and then it goes all the way through through Saturday, and so we have three days of talks. Okay. Uh, we also do the the national homebrew competition judging, um, and then we have we have nighttime events each night, and then we finish it off with the the award ceremony for the the Great American Beer or the Great American
1: Beer Festival. So, and that's the whole competition. All right. Hey, we got a bunch of uh, employees that are going to uh, win some awards there. I'm going to have you know, Gary. Yeah. Yeah, we got doc- Dr. Scott. How many beers of yours went through? Went past the first round? I got three in there. Doc got three. John got what? Six. Six. Jameel got freaking like 18 or 18. <laughs> some ridiculous number. Uh, that a boy, Jameel. And uh, so uh, those are all Brewing Network people I want you to know, Gary. <laughs> so we,
8: we appreciate you, you participating in the competition, and, uh, and, cool. and well, since you all be down there, you get to uh, get to wait anxiously as the, uh, right. as the medals are announced.
3: Yeah, they, it does get pretty uh, nerve wracking and white knucklish.
1: I bet. I'm glad I don't have any beers going there. Doc,
3: <laughs> me too.
1: <laughs> I, I, I guess <laughs> what I meant was uh, that I don't want to be all nervous about those beers. Uh, I know what you meant. <laughs> you bastard! I couldn't help it. You looked yourself open for that one. I did. I absolutely did. Man, and and how many people come out for these things? I know it's a big event. Uh,
8: well, last year we had uh, a little over 850 people. Wow, is
6: a lot.
1: That's great.
8: They're big.
7: That is real. What big. I
3: really like about it is you can go up and talk to people that you, you've read their books, uh you've read uh, a lot of their posts on the internet. Yeah. Uh and they're real people. They'll, they'll yak to you about beer and any questions you might have. So in just being able to walk up to somebody and oh, like John Palmer, he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh
4: He's one
3: of our speakers. No, I've talked to him hey. many, many times. He's he's a just an awesome guy, awesome brewer. And he just
1: he's like another guy. Good. I like it like that. You don't want to go up to somebody and then find out that they're not as cool as their book was, you know. Yeah. That's <laughs> always so disappointing. Uh that's good. And he's one of the speakers there, huh? Yes, yes. Oh, cool. I'm gonna, see, here's what I gotta do, and I don't have the whole broadcast schedule worked out yet, but I will get it ready and and get it posted for you folks on the website. But I'm gonna be going around this whole thing and just bugging everybody I can to get them over to the booth and do some recordings. Like yourself, Gary, I'd like to be able to talk to you for a few minutes. Um, i'm sure we can
7: arrange
1: that definitely uh you know it, charlie's got to be there right i got to get charlie he's oh, yeah. done the show before i want to get him in person and i'm just going to do my best to to really kind of get some of these guys that hang out there to come over and give their two cents about the thing and i think what's going to happen is that people are going to be real bummed if they didn't make it and want to go uh in the future that's for sure well,
8: they're definitely going to be bummed if they don't make it to this uh, I'm, I'm guaranteeing that and uh I have a feeling a lot of the people who are going to be listening in who, who didn't make it are uh, are going to be gearing for next year.
1: Cool. That's what I hope for. I'm really, I got to be, I, I'm, I'm being completely honest. I'm really excited about it. Daniela was, was pretty happy about it this week too. She's like, I just can't wait to get out there. And it's always fun to just meet that many people who have a lot in common. There's so much, you know, beer in common. It's just a great thing to all kind of meet in one spot. So, uh, I'm excited, man. That's cool. Daniela?
2: I'm so happy to go, really. Meet all these people, talk beer for three days straight. It's great.
1: You might be one of the attractions there or something. Why? You're famous, (laughs) Daniela.
2: I'm not. Give her her
1: own booth. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Hey, Gary, can you give Daniela her own booth?
2: (laughs) I'm gonna sit in my Uh, little uh, plastic house. (laughs) We
1: can sing that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but you're gonna be sorry. (laughs) You better. You might at least want to give her her own like uh, velvet rope area or something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
2: not gonna play the monkey for you, Justin. Not this time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll work. Just caution tape is fine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I just can't wait because this is like really a big festival. Yeah. And just a, the one we went to last week was really nice already It was yeah. not as big though And I had such a great time just talking to people about beer It's so easy You can talk to just everybody Because everybody has one thing in common, which is beer Yeah. yeah. And it's great yeah. I love that And it looks like a great yeah. setup Like I have that's talked to a nice few people who have been there before yeah. Sounds really awesome
1: I'm going to have to split the audio between real solid information that's going to be there and then all the slurring interviews. We'll Doc is not going. <laughs> <laughs> I can call in and slur. Doc's just the leader. His disciples will be there. I've <laughs> set the pace. Hey, it's American Craft Beer Week coming up this week, too, Gary. It is. I don't know if you know about that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> uh, what is it? AmericanCraftBeerWeek.org? Something yes, it There you go, AmericanCraftBeerWeek.org, and it's just a big appreciation. You're going to hear about this from Ray Daniels when I play the interview with him here in a few minutes also, and that's a real cool thing that you guys do over there at the Brewers Association, too, that uh, I'm pretty excited about.
8: Yeah, yeah, and uh, actually Ray Daniels is another one of our speakers, and, uh, and we're also going to be doing an um, uh, American Craft Beer Week silent auction uh, at the at the conference during uh, club night. Oh, Nice. Yeah, I'll we'll have, have a lot of really cool, cool items from, from several breweries and, and uh, uh, suppliers that are going to be uh, auctioned off. So a uh, chance to, to walk away with some very cool items and uh, definitely some u- unique stuff that you're not going to find anywhere else.
1: Hey, that's cool. And it's actually auction style. We gotta sit there and bid, bid on no, it. No, it's huh? a silent auction.
8: It's a
3: silent auction. People be too drunk to be doing live <laughs> auction. Although actually it probably be-
5: 700!
3: Oh, it'd be awesome to <laughs> be a live auction. Get yeah. them all liquored up. Yeah. Packet pack of fun.
1: yeast. Signed by, you know, Chris White. Maybe we'll have to do a, a regular auction over at our booth. <laughs> Just turn the microphones on and see how that goes. If you were going, Doc, I'd I'd auction you off. <laughs> a night of slurring with Doc. A, a night out slurring with yeah. Doc. Seventy-five dollars. <laughs> That's cool. So, do you, uh, can you can you give us any clues about what you're going to give away, or is that top secret?
8: Uh well, there will be some uh, some posters, like mountain posters from breweries with different uh, beer brands and that kind of thing. Nice. Um, nice i'm not I'm not exactly sure, actually Ray Daniels would know whether uh, what all is there, but uh, on oh, okay. your interview with him. So should have interviewed me first. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: I <should> yeah. Have. <laughs> My fault. All right. Well, okay. So tomorrow is the early registration deadline. So we want to make sure it's, it's going to help you guys out to to get to this thing. Plus, Danielle and I just looked up. We just bought our tickets uh, to fly there, and they're still really Super reasonable. Cheap. Yeah. So you you want to get in on that? Both of these things as early as possible. Because if you wait, yeah. then you got all these dumb excuses like, oh, that now the airfare is too exactly. much. Exactly. Well, do it now.
2: But now you can gil- still get around. From coast to coast round trip for like $350, yeah. including all taxes, all fees. But That's you're going to be traveling for like 10 hours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there were some cheaper ones there. I think really? we took the red eye because I'm cheap. Oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I didn't, didn't tell her she had options. It's funny. It's It's like a, what is it, a,
1: a five-hour flight to
2: yeah. Florida?
3: Ours uh-huh. is
1: literally like 10 and a half hours.
2: <laughs> and we have an overnight thing, and we have a stopover of like 12 hours yeah. somewhere. Yeah. But it's cheap. But
3: there'll
1: be, be beer wherever you're sitting.
2: Exactly. And uh, we have done that before. Yeah,
1: perfect. So uh, go to, uh, where is it here, ahaconference.org. Uh, you can go to beertown.org if that's easier to remember. And, of course, you can just check out our main page and click on the alligator dude right there, and it'll take you right to the site where you can get your early registration, but you got to do it by midnight mountain time tomorrow. and uh, Then you're in on all this fun with Gary. Yay, Gary. <laughs> yeah, Gary. All right, cool. Uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good time. Gary, I appreciate you coming on here.
8: Yeah, certainly. My pleasure.
1: I think we're supposed to get a couple of the speakers that you guys got going on to come on the show here, too, to give us a little uh, sneak preview of of what's going on there, too, over the next couple of weeks. I'm working with Jennifer over there about that, so that'll be fun. Um, So stay tuned here for all of your NHC information. We'll try to get you some inside scoops, and uh, we want you to join us out there because it'll be more fun that way. Thanks, Gary.
8: Certainly. My pleasure.
1: All right. Uh, you you tell Mrs. Glass Happy Mother's Day for us also. <laughs>
8: I'll
1: do that. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon, Gary. I'll see, see you ya. in Florida. Okay. Thank you. We'll see you there. All right, buddy. See ya. Okay. Bye. Got Gary Glass.
3: So, oh, so um, are we climatizing? Is that what we're doing in here? It's hot. I'm huh? going to
2: go and hose myself off with cold water now. Can we take a break? Can I
3: do that?
4: It
3: is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go.
1: Okay.
4: Hose her off or hose yeah. yourself off? <laughs> oh, I'm going to hose her off. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it is summertime in the Brewing Network studios once again, Doc. we got to get used to this. we got Dan Gordon coming in in about a month. <laughs> he's going to be hating life. Oh, uh, we better get the air conditioning fixer. You know what? i got a feeling he's going to say, screw this. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. You guys do the show without me. That won't be any fun. <laughs> You're tuned into the Brewing Network. When we come back, we're going to give you a, a couple of heads up about some things. Maybe have an interesting discussion real fast. A little teaser there. And then we're going to go right into the Ray Daniels interview. It's the Brewing Network. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
4: If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on it. You're listening to three
1: guys.
2: Excuse me, what about me?
1: Yeah, sorry. You're listening to three guys and one girl use a radio show as an excuse to drink more beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Thank you for hanging in there. You're tuned into the Brewcast right here on Sunday. Next week at this time, you'll be listening to the Cider Show Brewcast, which uh, people have been asking us for and pretty excited about that.
4: Absolutely.
1: And then it's the very first free FM show that I'm doing uh, from three to four. Doc's going to be on there for a little segment with me about home brewing, And Sean O'Sullivan from the 21st Amendment is going to be there talking about the whole canning deal that he's got going on right now.
3: Yeah, he's pretty excited about that one. It's a cool thing. I got to watch we, it. We got to get, gotta get the stigma of cans out Yeah. It's not the cans. It's the beer in the can. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Well, although it used to be the cans, too, but not anymore. Oh, not for a long time. Is that right? It's been changed for a while? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll be talking to uh, Sean about that. So that's from 3 to 4 next week on 106.9freefm.com. Or just tune in to 106.9 if you live in the area, and you can check it out right here on your old uh, terrestrial radio. You can get all old-fashioned on our ass. (laughs) 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 You made evil on your ass. Yeah. So, um... I might. I just do that. I might as well just do it on the air. I got this. I got a dilemma here because I've got the Ray Daniels interview to play for us, which is a nice interview. He spent some time with us this morning. More time than you thought he would. More time than we thought, and he still even, although maybe he doesn't know it, <laughs> he did agree before the. uh Longer than 20-minute interview. He's going to come back and do a live interview with us sometime, too. Which would be a lot better. Yeah, because you know how we do. You guys got to be able to call in yourselves and ask the man questions and and chat right there in the room as the the conversation unfolds. Mm -hmm. And Daniela hands us all the good stuff then. So uh, he is going to come back, and hopefully later in the year we'll get him in here. But I got a real nice interview for you. So what we're going to do is play that. And you can get the whole thing, and we'll hang out with you in the chat room there, so you can still do the whole thing. Join the chat now button if you're not in there already and and hang out with us that way. So the other thing I'm contemplating whether we can either do this week uh, i'm kind of I'm kind of anxious to do it or next week. there's this whole this whole thing going on with this competition, um the homebrew competition, which is over now for the national homebrew competition for the first round. The first round is over, of course. Uh, And that's what the controversy is about. Um, uh, I just don't know if I want to do it on the air this week or I want to wait till next week. Basically, it's just that there's been some discussion on other forums. It got brought over into our forum. And the AHA forum. And the AHA forum. And it's their deal. And it's their forum. It was brought up there about whether or not Jameel was supposed to uh, enter his beers in another region.
3: And it didn't just have to do with Jameel necessarily it had to do with his club Quaff. i
1: see but he was the one that affected then the club well when uh, you when you, when you come
3: in and, and actually win 18 beers it affects club it it affects everybody way.
1: yeah
2: so what's the story anyways
1: uh, do we want to do this now or you want to wait till next week
2: it's up to you well, you, can, you can tell me next week
1: Jamil, you got in the the chat room there.
2: I got Jamil here. The story
1: is basically... Just people are wondering... Jamil entered into another region, which he had to do because he was the... He ran... Our region up here, the what is it, just the Northern California yeah. region? Or what's it called? It's called the West. The West region. And Jamil was the coordinator of that whole thing. So it, it goes without saying that his beer can't be entered into the same thing because, you know, in essence he could he could judge it or move it along or anything else that could go on uh like it's, never- yeah, it's an attempt to make
3: everything uh much more fair. Fair and balanced. Much like Fox News. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, or, or, or court TV, yeah, um, <laughs> court or Judge TV. Judy, yeah, no,
2: <laughs> your grandma's favorite show.
1: So he entered in another region, mm-hmm. and
3: and and so did every other person that uh, was hosting or, or running any of the regions. I yeah. see.
2: Okay, Which how many regions fine. is there? Like, is it is It goes. Go, oh, so it's not state by state. It no, goes it's
3: ten every and every first second third place in the first uh round gets to move on to the second round oh i see and and, then you get points for each of these places in the first round that goes towards homebrew club of the of the year
2: oh okay so it
3: matters and then and the issue here is if you're competing against your own club you're going to get less chance of getting more points because you're competing against your own guys for that first, second, or third place. Yeah. You beat out your own dudes. You beat out your own dudes, fine. And if you can put it in another place, that's the thing. You put your beers in another region, then, uh, you're basically taking points away from other clubs over there and also maybe doubling up on your points right. available for your club somewhere else. So the call out is, is this fair? Uh, should it be revamped? Is there a better way of doing it? And that's mm-hmm. what all the scuttlebutt's going on on all the forums right now. Oh, so it's not just Jameel, it's just this whole rule in general. And regulation.
1: Right. But it revol—it ends up being that Jameel is the spokesboy for it because he's like super brewer. And not only is he super brewer, he's certainly super competition brewer. Right. Because he knows how to win competition. He knows how to brew great beer. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and so uh, it kind of comes to light more so with a Jameel entering another region than it would say a me entering another region.
3: Because
2: but, he actually is a competition. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but,
1: but
3: it, it doesn't have anything to do. With whether he won or not, it's whether his points go to his homebrew club, okay. back in his own in place. And Samuel, why don't you if jump you, on the horn here? If you've ever been in any or in, involved in any class action suit, it's always called by the guy with the first name in there, and it's his. You know, it would be, it'd be the, the Justin versus California you know, right thing, and so. It, Jamil, happens it happens to be Jamil because he won 18. Not that he didn't deserve that. It has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the points that go to your club. Mm-hmm. And is this rule fair and being able to spread your club out over several different places? Mm-hmm. There's no good answer here. Uh, all, the, all the positions that these people do to run these competitions, it's all volunteer.
1: Mm-hmm. I had a roommate that spread his club out over several different places, and it ended up burning when he peed. <laughs> so I'm just saying that if, in that example, it's never, it's not always a good thing. And so, what was his answer? <laughs> he had to stop.
7: That's true, and he did
2: stop. <laughs> and he and did stop burning. <laughs> so um,
3: one of the solutions put out there was that anybody that's running the competitions can't compete in the competitions, which means pretty soon you won't have any volunteers for it. Mm. So that's not always a great, great thing to maybe make it do. Uh, another thing is just you know it's got to be as
1: uh, anonymous as it can be. Okay. Uh, it turns out Jamil can't call in until 7. He's got uh, family obli- obligations, so we're going to have to wait for, for the rest of this conversation. And kind of the reason I, I was you know, considering waiting until next week was because there's not a lot of re- responses on the forums uh, that, that rebut either side of the thing yet. It's kind of people are still chiming in over the whole deal.
2: Yeah, I,
3: I'm telling Justin, I think it's just a little too new right now. I'm mostly mm-hmm. kind of hit the fan on Friday.
2: But yeah. Jamil just said to me, he told me he's happy to talk about it, and he, okay. I think he has a pretty clear-cut opinion about it already. So okay. I think well, he's good to what talk we'll about
1: it. We'll, t- we'll, we'll take it on, and, and if it if it needs to go in-depth at, at 7, that's actually the perfect time because we'll be done with Ray by then. Um, then then we'll go ahead and take that phone call and 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 discuss it then. And if it doesn't need to be in-depth, we'll just explain both sides, and then we can do it again next week. There's uh, There's plenty of times to do it, so um, tell Sean to go ahead and call me up, because I'm having trouble again with this stupid thing, not wanting to uh, to dial out, so uh, we want to talk to Sean O'Sullivan, yeah. because we got our anniversary beer already over at uh, the 21st Amendment. Is it, is it pouring? Well, no, it's not pouring, but if my calculations are correct, he should be, uh, you know, transferring. We'll find out from him, but I tasted it the other day, and it was almost finished. It was down to about 10.13, and he's hoping for it to get down to 10.10. So it was uh, getting close there. Uh, Daniela gave him, of course, her recipe.
2: I did a quality control on a beer.
1: She went in afterward, all German like, and made sure everything <laughs> was done correctly and and to her specifications.
2: We have pictures of that too, which are gonna be posted on the forum later on this week, probably. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, we'll do that. So, um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, just that the this whole. He we brewed should. 350 gallons of, of a Brewing Network anniversary beer.
2: That's so awesome. That's um, just a cool
1: thing. Do we have a name for it yet? No, we're still working on that. In fact, let, we'll ask Sean about that right now because I'm hoping that we have until next week. Because there was a lot of names submitted into our forum, and this is kind of the deal with that, guys. We want you to be the namers of this beer. Uh, of course, ultimately, Sean and the Brewing Network are going to have to have kind of the last word because Sean's going to put this beer on tap at his place, not just for the anniversary party, unless uh, all you folks pony up and drink 350 gallons yeah. of yeah. it when we get there. He's got to put the name in the menus and things like that. But we've come to an agreement that we both want. We want it to represent the style of beer that it is, for sure, which is a, basically a, kind of a Maybach. Uh, and, and and we want it to represent the Brewing Network as, as sticking around, kind of commemorate the one-year anniversary. So the name's got to have those two things in there and so that's what we're working on and there's a thread right on the brewing network forum just click on the forum button and go in there become a registered user because it's a hell of a lot of fun anyway and you can go ahead and, and chime in on this naming thing that we've got going on and i think what we're going to do is next week if if it can wait that long and i think it can then we'll decide on a name probably on the air yeah is what and i think this, we'll you got
3: to be careful what it says but it's got to kind of try to
1: Exemplify
3: both the BN and uh, yeah. 21st century. So, yeah. 21st century butt boy, my block.
1: I don't know. <laughs> Not going to work. Uh, Sean has definitely uh, let us know, and I agree with him. It can't be any of the uh, inside stuff that we do around here because that stuff just gets a little crazy. You know what I mean? We're always say uh, you can't. For instance, you can't call it like you know jp and justin bending over bach you know like that isn't going to work on a on a menu and i Bocking know over. i know you freaks out there are throwing those names in there hey sean you with us i'm here how are you guys doing we're doing real good how are you
3: i'm great man it's freaking hot in berkeley it, it's not much better over here buddy it's
1: like <laughs> you've been in the studio in the summertime man you know what's happening over here
0: in the studio
1: in summertime yeah, at least you can open a window I gotta I gotta fart to give us a breeze in here. Oh. It's like it's oh, terrible. And if we
3: weren't all naked in here, man, we'd be dying. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> There's a visual for you. Hence the no webcam. How's our beer doing, Sean? Update. You know what,
0: guys, I actually drank it all. No. Um <laughs> Damn it. It's it's coming along. It's um uh when you I guess when you were in there it uh, was around uh uh, what was it at? It was around like three and a half play plate or something like that. Or what? Uh, like 10, f- 13, 12. Yeah. Um, and
1: uh, hang on a second. Yeah, what's going on with Sean? Are you like... I'm using this landline phone here. I'm gonna make uh, sure I thought you were th- um, urinal- trying to smoke uh, a J uh, at the time. No, I thought you are in the bathroom <laughs> at the
3: urinal. Couldn't <laughs> hold the phone, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Excuse me while um, I whip this up. It's,
0: it's definitely coming along. It's... um. It's still fermenting. It's. I think it's going to drop probably to around uh, ten eight. Starts. Oh, oh. Uh, so uh, hey, that ooh. would
1: be true to Daniela's original recipe.
2: Yes. Yeah. Huh? I remember you
0: telling me about that? Yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: Maybe you did and a good got, job. You
0: know, there was only twenty-eight IBUs in there, so uh, mm. I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a really nice, smooth beer.
1: Yeah, you make everybody happy with that one. Cool. Yeah,
0: man. Easy drinking and uh, a lot of uh, a lot more alcohol.
1: I told the folks on the Lunch Meat show I did a little spot about it. I gave I, I gave Lunch Meat all the exclusives this week. Yeah, <laughs> you the, talked
2: about Sean's and my beer.
1: Yep, and I <laughs> talked about uh, a lot of other things too that I didn't announce here first because the Lunch Meat loyalists get uh, dissed all the time. They get treated like red-headed stepchildren of the Brewing Network. Aren't so, well, they? So, well, I'd say, man. That well, doesn't mean we have to treat them that way. <laughs> so uh, what I did was I gave them all the exclusives. And one of the things that we talked about was the beer. And a uh, point, uh, long, long story short, which is rare for me, was that the wort I got to taste the other day when it was at about ten thirteen. Man, did it taste awesome. Like, it was really good. I could have drank a glass of this wort, Doc. <laughs> I guess it's not completely wort anymore because it's almost beer. But, uh oh, it was really nice. It was still all yeasty and
2: stuff. You're not allowed close yeah. to my beer anymore.
1: <laughs> 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 That's not a character for you, buddy. What's that? Sucking beer that's yeasty and it's not ye- done. Yeah, I know. It is a little. Strange. But I guess what I'm saying is that you know, I, of course I've tasted my wort before around here, and um, you know it's okay. You can you can kind of tell if you've you've done things right up to that point. Uh, so, but it wasn't anything like this. Like this one was really really good. <laughs> I was stoked about it. So I'm excited about this beer, Sean.
0: Yeah, we'll probably cap it. To- we'll probably cap it tomorrow and uh, nice. let it sit there for a few days. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, around 60, I think we're doing it 65 degrees, and then we'll crash it down to 32, and we'll leave it there probably for um, another couple of weeks. I'll probably put it on right before the show.
1: Perfect. And and do you filter it?
0: Oh, I'll filter it, definitely.
1: You will filter it.
0: It'll be a lot better filtered.
1: What kind of filter?
0: Uh, we use a diatomaceous earth filter. Is that so that it's, uh, p- essentially removes, uh, it removes all the yeast, um and, uh, leaves the, uh, uh, and, and on some of the hot particulate matter, especially if we were, uh, if we were dry hopping, which we're not doing with this beer.
1: Yeah.
0: Germans don't dry hop beer.
1: Right. <laughs> and Daniela would not allow that. No.
0: No, she would not. My yeah. God, that woman walked in there. Actually, I made one little correction in the, uh, it was interesting when she was, you guys were over there that day, uh, checking on things. I made one little, like, slight deviation, and she picked right up on it. She was looking at the brew log, and it was, what's this magnum hot?
1: <laughs> yeah. She's like, that's not German. And I had to... I was actually kind of embarrassed.
0: <laughs> I, I really, I thought I was like, oh,
2: shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. That doesn't seem... Wrong, and, man, uh, does and then I... Uh,
1: and you made up a good
2: something. story then, Sean. You told me that the it originates from Germany or so. Oh,
1: I was there for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean's <laughs> like, oh, it's a derivative. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's a
0: tripod uh, anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was funny. You're so German that way. Like this man brews 350 gallons of, of beer for us to, and takes your recipe. And what do you do? The first thing you say to him when you go in there is, what the hell is that?
2: <laughs> because that was not German and that was not part of my recipe. <laughs> <laughs> but it tastes great girl. so i get the, I guess the magnum did its job very well yeah. and so did the pearl hops that he used to which yeah that's
0: right that's right i forgot all about that that was the other deviation is that uh i was uh you know i didn't know I actually didn't know what danielle's name was and she sent me an email and i and, it, and it's you know and uh there's a german hop that's sort of similar to it Perlé yeah. or pearl. Yeah. And so I said, hey, well, this would be kind of cool. So I went and got 11 pounds of it and threw it. In. I put about uh, two pounds of it in the finish in the Whirlpool. Nice.
2: Yeah, I think that's good, actually. Hey, it smelled good. great, the pearl hops. Really? such a good hop. Yeah.
0: And the yeah. Of Tower Middlefurs are uh, German hops, so that's going to be great. It's going to so, be a good beer. So yeah, the I'm only really thing non-German
1: was the Magnum, right? He's, t- he's yeah, trying to dig himself it. out of that hole. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't that. <laughs> I was both uh, sort of embarrassed by you, Daniela, and proud at the same time.
9: <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> I love when people
1: call me on that.
0: Yeah.
5: That's
2: just how I, That's just how Germans are. You, I do not show this politeness if it's not, you know, if it isn't deserved. So, I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I give my opinion where I go. But you always, always will know if it's honest or not. If I tell you it's a great beard and I really feel it's great. Yeah. So that's an advantage.
1: I'm stoked about it. And <laughs> so that means yeah, I have so more I. anxiety to look forward to.
2: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it tastes fantastic so far, so I think we should have a good anniversary beer. We just need a really booming name, though.
1: Yeah, is it cool if yeah, we, we wait till next name. week to name it? What's that? It can wait till next week to name, right?
0: Oh, yeah. we can. You can do whatever you want. Right now, it's just called uh, Daniela's Maybach on the brew log.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Because cool. uh, we're still so. taking names in the forum there. I want—I really want you guys to go participate in that. If you've never used the forum and you're a fan of the show, you're just an archive user, if you're a podcaster, this is really the perfect time. You don't have to go and join the whole community. That's okay. I, I, not ever, It's not everybody's thing. But go throw in your two cents about the name of this beer. Yeah. It's its a, a, a BN anniversary beer that, that Sean's been kind enough to do for us, and we get to name Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So chime in on that thing. We want a bunch of them there so that we got just a... Really good bunch of things to choose from. I mean, who knows? What if, let's just say, just for example, right? hmm. Sean happens to like take this beer, right? And, and take a little bit aside and just, you know, by some strange reason enters it in the GABF. And it, it it's such a magnificent beer that he like wins an award. Do you realize the potential that this name could, could reach and, and what it could mean? Yeah. You see what I'm saying here, Sean?
0: So I got to talk to a lawyer about this and have fun like
1: the uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. forum. <laughs> Am I going to get sued here? <laughs> yeah. No, I just think it, it's a really cool opportunity. So please chime in on the forum and name our beer. It's going to be a lot of fun yeah. uh, for us to do that. And I want to do it on the air when we name it. So I'm hoping if we get enough entries uh, throughout this week, we'll do it during the cider show next week. So we can get it named nice and early and Sean can spend a fortune promoting it.
2: That's great, Sean. <laughs>
1: it's uh, I,
2: maybe but
0: I I'll think I, honestly, uh, I think I'm gonna make this beer again. I really liked it. I like, I yeah. never cool. played with the, um, with the Durst, uh, uh, Pilsner malt before, and uh, it's gonna be fun.
2: Oh, you just made me cry, Sean. <laughs>
1: me too, Sean. I'm good. Doc's fine. All right, I gotta do this Ray Daniels interview. Uh, Thank you, Sean. I'm I'm really excited about this beer. It's going to be cool. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon, brother.
2: Bye, Sean.
1: See yeah. ya. Bye-bye. Good dude.
2: Great dude.
1: June 4th at the 21st Amendment in San Francisco. That's our anniversary party. Be there. That's right. If you're not there, you're going to be somewhere else. Right? Be there. It's going to be cool, guys. Uh, I I really look forward to to meeting a bunch of you, celebrating, having some beers, and relax is what we're going to do. Hang out at Sean's place. Bunch of brewers are coming. Talked to Vinny the other day. Vinny's coming down. He's doing the FM show with me that day. Oh, good. And then we're scooting over there, and we're doing the regular thing. He's going to come and hang out. Uh, we're going to actually set up a brewer's booth so that at random we can just turn on their <laughs> microphone and see what they're fighting about over at their table as we're doing our show. And then, of course, they'll come over to the to the main table and talk to all you folks. Should we hide the manu- the microphone in the napkin thing? Yeah, we should. <laughs> Click. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that such a curious thing? Because you know that these guys, they're all polite and, and everything's nice and everybody's a friend on the surface, but I'm just wondering if, if Fly on the Wall, when these guys all get together and there's nobody else around, they're just like, uh, your beer sucks and you stole this from me or who knows what else. Like, you I think, think
3: Jess is really gay?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's probably more like, <laughs> why do we do this stupid show? <laughs> you know, where the hell did this puppet come from? <laughs> yeah. I, who's this guy who keeps sticking this puppet in my face? <laughs> <laughs> uh, good time, good time. June 4th, 21st Amendment. All right, so I got this Ray Daniels interview, and it's about designing great beers. You all know Ray Daniels. He's the guy in uh, designing great beers and wrote this book 10 years ago. Uh, lots of good questions I got answered from from you folks. The ones that you sent me are the ones that got asked, and then a couple from Doc, which, by the way, Doc, I noticed your question that was directed toward me about designing beers. So uh, <laughs> don't you think you got one past me at all, my friend? Uh, it's a great interview. It's about 50 minutes long, so it's about our average short interview <laughs> at, yeah. at 50 minutes. So we will be joining you uh, back at the end of this interview. We're going to hang out with you here in the chat rooms. So if you got questions for us, you know, get them ready, um, and and we can do a whole discussion after the fact. Plus Jamil's going to call in after the fact and do this discussion that we started already, and lots of good stuff. So this is the great Ray Daniels, author of Designing Great Beers. We'll talk to you again ourselves in about 50 minutes. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of the Brewing Network. This morning, we're talking to Ray Daniels, author of Designing Great Beers, who's agreed to come on and do a nice interview with us so that we can get some questions answered about the book that everybody seems to be using, even 10 years after it was written as the Bible of Designing Great Beers. Good morning, Ray. How are you today?
9: Good morning, just I'm doing well, thanks.
1: right. wonderful. Thanks for coming on the show, appreciate that. I think what we're gonna talk about with Ray today in order to get all of your questions answered is things that were left in the Brewing Network forum from our listeners. As always, you can go there and contact us directly. And the great Dr. Scott, uh, our co-host Ray, who you may or may not know, is uh, he's a, a Ray Daniels believer, as I like to call him. Uh, the man preaches the word of designing great beers as if it literally okay. were a holy book. So, Glad to hear it. So Thank you, Dr. Scott. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, he definitely, often on the show when people talk about designing recipes, and uh, uh, certainly me, as, as I'm more of a newbie brewer than others around here, always directs people to the book because it seems to be a great place to start. And I want to talk great. to you about that. Before we get into it, uh, it's Craft Beer Week coming up this week, isn't it?
9: Yes, it is American Craft Beer Week, the uh, the first edition of what will become uh, an annual uh, celebration of the uh, flavor and diversity of uh, craft beers in the United States. Uh, so we're all very excited about that, and uh, we have uh, scores of breweries, uh, over 120 now, uh, all over the country, that have special activities, events, and tastings planned for the week. And uh, we've got a little program called the Great American Beer Tour that. Uh, Anybody can uh, participate in by uh, printing out a uh, Great American Beer Tour passport off the internet and uh, taking it around to your local breweries and collecting points to get some pint glasses or uh, embroidered shirts and stuff like that.
1: Well, that's great.
9: And uh, the info and all of that is uh, on the net uh, at uh, AmericanCraftBeerWeek.org okay um and uh great
1: is that the is this the first year you're doing the beer tour
9: yeah yeah, yes first year we've done actually first time we've done uh, american craft beer week and uh and the tour is is a part of it as well okay um pretty much the 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 theme of american craft beer week is visit your local brewery and uh so the tour uh, ties into that and uh you know we're we're basically just trying to uh, get people to understand that that breweries are part of the fabric of America these days. Uh, the average American lives within ten miles of a commercial brewery, and um, that's uh, a lot closer than any other uh, uh, sort of adult beverage producer uh, so uh, we want people to think about beer uh, more and more in the their daily
1: lives. Absolutely. I, I think for myself, it actually isn't possible to think about beer more in my daily life. <laughs> but I do agree that it's, it's something that needs to be done. Uh, in fact, not too long ago, the last time we talked to, uh, Mr. Papazian here on the mm-hmm. show, uh, he was pushing and, and I was certainly helping him because I'm behind the whole thing about, uh, asking the Senate to make an official craft beer day recognized by the government do you know uh, about that yeah, well that?
9: yeah it's, it's actually the um uh it's it's the the resolution to recognize american craft beer week
7: we oh uh, it was for the um, week i see
9: But it is for this program yeah and uh it's supposed to be voted on uh this week uh in congress and uh in fact i'm going to dc on tuesday to uh Throw a small party for a limited group of uh, of staffers and uh, and representatives, and in, in hopes that we will be celebrating the passage of the bill, or uh, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe motivate them to get the job done here. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh, that sounds great. I'll, I'm I'm yeah. still waiting for my invitation, but I'm sure it's uh, <laughs> I'm sure it'll arrive any day now.
9: It's it's in it's a, you didn't get that? Why? <laughs> we, I, clean hate, it. That. I <laughs> yeah.
1: hate it when that happens.
9: Yeah, must that must be your spam filter. That.
1: <laughs> That's all right. And I'm wondering, uh, do you have any inclination about how this might go during that hearing?
9: Uh is it looking uh, good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that um, you know, there's there's a, a lot of positive um feeling about craft beer um in, in the nation's capital and okay. it's certainly you know, I was thinking earlier that um for For those of your your listeners who may not have been home brewing in the early nineties, yeah um, you know we're coming back to a time when the interest in beer and the excitement about craft beer is reaching the same sorts of levels that it was back in the early nineties, which was was really sort of the go-go days for for both home brewing and and craft brewing. absolutely yeah, you know, fun I was- to have that coming back again.
1: I think uh, I was talking to Vinny Chalurzo, Brewer, and one of your board Mm -hmm. members as well, who not only was agreeing with you, but saying he thinks the vibe is even a bit further now than it was in the early 90s. And there seems to be even more of a push and a buzz going on than there was then, which is definitely exciting.
9: Well, and I think, yeah, I think it's more mature, more sophisticated. Um, You know, it's not just sort of this this Google-eyed thing. It is... uh, some real, real understanding of what good beer is all about, and, and yes. that's a nice thing.
1: Sophistication, uh, barring our show, of course, but everything else, I think you're right about that. <laughs> all right, I want to get to you a, a, a little bit of history about you and then get right into some questions about your book. And by the way, so a book that's been out for 10 years, um, uh, a couple of questions regarding that just quickly. are Are you surprised at the book's success? Has that ever surprised you?
9: Um, I, 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 I don't, yeah, I, I suppose, uh, it, it, it does sometimes, uh, you never know when you put something together, uh, how it's going to turn out. Uh, this was the first book that I ever wrote. It was the, the most significant thing I had ever put out there for, um, <clears throat> for, for people to vote on with, with their pocketbooks. Right. And, um, you know, as a result, I, I, I really, you know, worked hard and really the whole time I was working on it. Sort of had this nervous energy of oh, you know oh no what if well, what if I flop? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so you know, so that, that's a pretty powerful motivator yeah. uh, to uh, to make it as good as you can make it. Yeah. Um, and I mean you know I, I have to say the, the the year that I spent working on this book was was one of the most enjoyable years of my life. Um, because i was i was learning a lot i was writing uh which i love to do i was thinking about beer which you know we all love to do absolutely and uh so it really it really was a a, a wonderful time and and uh something i enjoy doing and it's, it's certainly gratifying uh to have the result of, of that effort um uh, be useful uh to other people and uh you know, I, I certainly appreciate everyone who um, you know sends kudos my way uh, for the book. But but what's even more important is um, you know the the fact that people find it useful and, and yeah. uh, that it that it makes a difference in, in helping them make better beers, uh, which is what it's all about ultimately.
1: Absolutely, those are actually the best messages we get here when people tell us, "Hey, by the way, my my beer's better after listening to the mm-hmm. show." And you're right, that's yeah. the ultimate compliment there. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Do you ever get tired of talking about it? It's been a while.
9: No. No. It's okay. <laughs> you're... Funny because uh, you know, my day-in, day-out job these days is, is you know, beer. But it's not so much about making beer the last uh, couple of years. It's about uh getting the world to uh recognize the the flavorful wonderfulness of, of craft beer. Yeah. And uh so occasions like this, uh when I get a chance to actually uh sort of roll up the sleeves and, and talk about the nuts and bolts of brewing again right. uh are are always a lot of fun.
1: Oh that's good. It is definitely a different animal doing the business side of it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Okay, how did you get started into home brewing, and then maybe just kind of follow that up as is, is? How do you decide to become a homebrew author?
9: Well, um, back when I was a, uh, a full-time business dweeb and and didn't know anything about beer except you know the what was uh, inside an aluminum can in my refrigerator. Okay, uh, I was at. Uh, Muskie's Hamburger Shack in Chicago one day waiting for a burger to come up and picked up a little, you know, one of those little throwaway tablet-sized newspapers yeah. and saw an ad for homebrew store okay. and <laughs> uh, recalled that one of my buddies had uh, had talked about it and said he'd done it, and, you know, the main thing I remembered he said is that it really stinks up the house.
1: <laughs> yeah. and, Which we know, you know now I, is a good thing.
9: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I also know that, you know, his definition of stink and my definition of stink are clearly two different things. <laughs> um, but, you know, I saw the other was for a place that was, you know, a few miles away, and I thought, well, I'm going to get you know, try this out, and went and bought some stuff and, and uh, bought Charlie's book, uh, <laughs> which was a necessary uh, addition because the uh, sheet of instructions that the guy at the store gave out was... Um, uh, comical in its uh, simplicity, and, and uh, I mean, he had words like "there" misspelled. Uh, <laughs> That's great. So, and I don't just mean, you know, right, the T A G I R T A G R E problem. He had like <laughs> T H A R E for there.
1: <laughs> I would have loved to so, get uh, personal instruction from him as well.
9: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we we used to always say he was he was a smoker. <laughs> and... and 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 he used to always smoke in the shop, so we used to always say that all of the malts <laughs> <laughs> that he sold were smoked malts. Absolutely, that's great. Um, uh, I, you know, I, bu- I bought some stuff and and made made the first batch of just you know plain extract beer, um, uh, based upon Charlie's instructions, and and uh, we tried that and it was good. So real quick, made two more batches. Uh, the second batch was a a dark beer kit, and I don't remember whether there were any grains in it or not. But then, you know, after having done sort of two simple beers, decided it was time to step it up a little bit, and did a um, uh, a pale ale made where I actually, you know, s- roasted and steeped some some uh, grains uh, to add a little more malt flavor to it, and then and you know added actual hops. <laughs> physical hops to the beer right and uh, so that was the the big sort of you know stepping up into technique issues and um when the second beer was was finished the dark beer it was god awful it was just <laughs> the worst stuff you know you've ever had i mean i you know in retrospect it was infected It was a a lousy kit to begin with. It was just, you know, really poor. And and even though all my buddies had loved the first batch, there was only one of them that would even drink uh, the second batch. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Brian Davis, wherever you are today, for for drinking (laughs) drinking us all of that beer. uh,
1: It might still be there.
9: Yeah, well, exactly. And, and, you know, frankly, the other thing is, had we not already brewed the third batch when we tasted the second batch, we may not be having this conversation right now. <laughs> right. It was, it was so bad and so disappointing. It was like, oh, huh, well, yeah. hmm, not sure about <laughs> this. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. how many
1: people have walked that fine line between uh, do, yeah. do I keep yeah. going or is that it?
9: Right. You could topple <laughs> off quite easily. So <laughs> so anyway, the third batch was already in the bottles and you know waited another week or two and popped it open. And it was like, taste that third batch with sort of low expectations because of the second one. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, this is good. <laughs> and it was like, you know, we tasted that beer and it's like, this beer is better than any beer I've ever tasted. It's like, I, I was just, you know, tasted that beer and it was like, okay, I'm going to be a home brewer because yeah. there's something going on here and there's a quality of product here that I'm not getting out of a, a bottle that i'm buying off the shelf so
7: that's the moment that,
9: that, that third batch made made all the difference in the world and, and thank god i brewed it before uh we before we tasted the second one because <laughs> yeah. otherwise it, it might we might not have gone down the road but
1: our listeners so the, uh,
9: the beginnings of everything okay
1: all right it's a good beginning and uh, a very uh, a tale that i think everybody can relate to also and uh, sure. listeners sure. everywhere are thanking the third batch as well right now I'm
9: uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. Positive. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully enjoying your own third batch. <laughs> That's
1: right. Okay. Uh, the the world wants to know, and I'm sure you get this all the time. They want to know if you're writing a sequel to designing great beers, and uh, specifically, if you were going to, uh, you know, would it incorporate more styles like Belgians and and things like that? More stats on the latest award-winning brewers. What do you think? New book?
9: Yep. Um, that's certainly on my you know personal uh, personal wish list, and uh, um, I've you know gone gone so far as to to think about you know how we're gonna how I'm gonna get the data and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, the good the good so that's the good news is you know certainly the thinking is going on. Uh, you know the hard part is figuring out how to uh, set the time aside, how to uh, get the time to actually do it. I mean. Uh, I'm doing two jobs for the Brewers Association these days. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, so, I, you know, it's, it's 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 something I want to do and something I'm certainly going to be talking to them about trying to find a way to do. Um, but but uh, it's not a not a not a done deal yet. So, okay. at any at any moment it's it's still at least 2 years out. Because from the time we sign a contract to the time we would have books in hand is going to be at least two years. Gotcha. Um, so that's that's where we are right now. No, no, no need to uh, if anybody's listening to uh, hold off, <laughs> hold off buying it until the next version comes out because it's going to be going to be again at any at any point at least two years okay. uh, from the time we from the time we sign a contract, and we haven't even really started discussing it in earnest yet. So Okay. But, um, but yeah, I, I certainly um, think about uh, what we want to put in there, and, um, and, you know, certainly feedback it, it, it would be useful as well, um, not only on what else you'd like to see included, because I'm certainly um, on board with everybody on that, maybe even, you know, what, what we could take out. Because I was sitting there, Uh, thinking this morning before you called about, you know, if we had the Belgian styles in, um, I was thinking, you know, it might be good to do a little bit about for each style of sort of what, what foods it might pair with. Um, not extensive, but, you know, a little bit, and there's another dozen pages, and, you know, every time you, you put something else in, you add some more on there, and it's, it's already, uh, fairly, uh, fairly (laughs) rotund work there um yeah. at, at you know 1.9 pounds according to the postal service okay um and and so you know i started thinking well you know some of the some of the text that uh, you know i did the the charts that show the incidents and and um uh, percentages and um but then there's also a textual description of that data and the idea was sort of well some you know people perceive uh information different ways and while the chart is is a quick shorthand way of doing it some people may prefer to actually read this information and internalize it that way yeah um, I've, I've sort of come come to the opinion well personally i look at charts <laughs> so i i've begun to wonder whether that sort of you know uh detailed verbatim description of sort of the the data that's in the chart is is needed in the book for instance and uh you know I, so if anybody's got an opinion on that you can uh, certainly drop me a line about it okay um, be but careful. Uh, so I I would be looking at yeah right exactly <laughs> so I'd be looking at some some uh you know some ways to maybe streamline the presentation the information as well as add some additional information and hopefully wind up with something that is you know about the same size overall but but has uh, some more of the information that we're all looking for. Okay. Um, and I would I would I would mention by the way that um, the Belgian book series that we've published over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, uh, Brew Like a Monk, uh, Wild Brews and Farmhouse Ales. Yeah. Um, that was you know part of my intention there was to. Uh, sort of make up for the deficit of of Belgian styles in designing. Okay. Uh, by work by working with you know three authors that that I know and and whose work I respect and and who have you know some expertise in these areas and also did some detailed research in these areas. Um, so in, in the interim, you know that's a great source of information for the Belgian styles. And uh, of course my dirty little secret is having shepherded those three guys through it and read the manuscripts. Yeah. You know, I now know a lot more about Belgian beers for when I do do the revisions of designing and Perfect. <laughs> some of the some of that some of that knowledge will uh, find its way into the pages of uh, <laughs> the next book.
1: It's like being a thief and an editor at the same time. I like that. Wonderful. Uh, I would never steal anything. <laughs> of course not. Uh all right, hey, can we get right into some nitty-gritty about uh, designing great beers ourselves? Sure, you bet. One of the things our listeners uh, were curious about is that in the book you state uh, at that time period four out of seven homebrewers of the year, and I was surprised about this, used malt extract and a significant amount of the top winners used it extensively. Uh, have you noticed that this has changed in the time since you published the book or, or does that still seem to be a trend?
9: Um, I, you know, I, I I have to confess that I haven't you know made any, any sort of even casual study of uh, of that. Okay. Um. So I, I, I couldn't speak to it. I mean, some of what goes on in, in that step. Well, there's two, two thoughts. One is, you know, malt extract is is not not an evil ingredient. Okay. Um, you Thank know, you. It, it is,
7: <laughs> I appreciate that. You, know, you,
9: you can certainly make great beer uh, that it, that has a substantial uh, portion uh, of malt extract in it. Okay. Um. So so that's that's point number one. Okay. Um. And, and you know honestly, I mean, every now and then I run into somebody that says, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm going to start homebrewing and I'm not going to mess around with that malt extract stuff. I'm going to go straight into all grains.
1: Of course, we hear it too.
9: Right. Yeah, and you know that's that's just kind of a recipe for for. Uh, disappointment and disaster. And it's like why why make it harder on yourself than than it needs to be? Yeah. Um, you know you can make really good beer that's extract based with. A little bit of grain and some hops, and you know, uh, start start out the easy way, right. and you'll be a lot happier. And there's a lot that needs to needs to be learned. And ultimately, all grain brewing is a little bit like a you know fine performance on a musical instrument. Okay, um, mm-hmm. just learning how to the theory of playing the instrument is not enough. You know, you actually need some practice. In doing it and remembering to do all the right things at the right times and perceiving the uh, qualitative things that are going on uh, during the the mash and and the boil and the chill and so forth uh, to get it all right. Um, And I certainly have found over the years as as an all-grain brewer that the quality of my brewing process was Mm -hmm. very much dependent upon how in practice I was.
7: Okay. And, you
9: know, if it had been three months since I brewed, I would kind of forget, oh, yeah, i got to put this here and do that there while this is going on, so I'm ready for the next step. And. And it was little stuff, but it was just things didn't go as smoothly. You didn't quite get exactly what you wanted, right? Uh, because you because you kind of had forgotten the little the little things that that make it sing. So I, I'd say, you know, if you if you're starting out, by all means, you know, don't don't be afraid to uh, you know use a pound of grain and some some extract and and some finishing hops and and uh, you know make your first beer or two and and okay. see how it goes.
1: Yeah, it is interesting that there, there were so many winners, as you point out, using extract. Right. Like I said, I was surprised to find that because it is very often that people are speaking the gospel of all grain, and uh, not so often that they're saying extract can make extremely great beers.
9: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and um, you know, I, I think that um, uh, there there are some styles that lend themselves to being done better. Uh, with extract um, such as and well, I mean the ones that I remember uh, I mean it seems like uh, one of the ones from back in that period was jim little's um Landix. okay, and, and you know the flavor is so much about the the fermentation, the organisms involved in fermentation, yeah, uh, that the malt component was sort of gets completely lost, okay, and so you know kind of depend you know what what you're putting in for malt makes far less difference than. Um how you ferment it and how you age it after the fact right right um so so there you know there's some examples uh like that um,
1: uh maybe almost any yeast driven beer you know mm, e- not necessarily
9: well, yeah, I mean you know interestingly enough, I do remember doing a um an experiment with uh Hefeweizens, yeah uh, cool. and Hefeweizen yeast um you know in the in the early nineties and um uh since Two or three Hefeweizens off to the same competition, and one of them had been, um, you know, largely extract based, and I think it actually uh, scored better, and, and I think won a medal. And, and the two that were that were grain based, that were all all grain based, uh, didn't. So, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think there there are times when when things work out that way. So, um, and, and you know, I think a good brewer can use extract as a tool. Uh, to help you accomplish things that otherwise would be very difficult to do. I mean, if you want to make a high gravity beer, yeah. like why, why bust a gut um, mashing twice as much grain as your system is designed for? Uh, it's like do a normal mash, get a you know 10.50 OG uh, wort out of it, and add enough extract to, to bring it up to the the gravity level that you need to to make the stronger beer.
1: Right. Uh, excellent point. Save yourself. Okay. Then uh, on the same token with extract, what do you think is the – given the different types of extract we have available to us now, all the different LME, DME, uh, what do you think is the most important thing about designing an extract recipe given our access to the different types?
9: Well, I think my, my philosophy on that um, is generally to go for – um, a pretty light uh, malt extract, uh, and I almost exclusively use dry malt extract. Um, and you uh, have to remember that when I first learned how to brew, DME didn't stand for dry malt extract; it stand, stood for diastatic malt uh, extract. Okay. Um, because they used to make some that had, you know, had um, uh, diastatic enzymes in it that you could actually mash grains with the extract. Gotcha. Um, so so, um yeah, but no, I, I think a you know, a, a light or pale light colored or pale colored um dry malt extract uh is something that's certainly always in in the cabinet when I'm brewing okay. uh if not if not on the counter. Yeah. And that uh I would that would be my approach to making almost any extract based beer is to use that as you would base malt and then add, you know, your crystal malt, your um Dark malts, if you're doing a, a stout or a porter or a brown, and um, uh, uh, build the, the beer around that that base malt extract, uh, just as you would build a, a beer around uh, a base malt like Pilsner or pale ale malt.
1: Okay. All right. Let's see. One of our listeners uh, is now moving on to uh, actually all grain. Well, wants to know. He says lots of books talk about how roasted malts will affect pH. Assuming you have a mash pH of 5.8 and you're making a stout, what would the addition of a roasted barley uh, do to the pH value and and is adding these specialty grains that that may or may not affect the pH uh is that predictable? Is there a way to figure that out?
9: Um, well, uh I don't know that there's uh, ever been a definitive uh, study done on that. Okay. Um, but I believe there's some stuff uh, in Design Great Beers uh, that I, that is sort of, you know, my anecdotal data from looking at it, um, which was um, I found that a 10% addition of specialty grains uh, such as crystal malt mm-hmm. um, would drop your match pH by a tenth of a pH point, so 5.8 to 5.7, for instance, um, and that addition of uh, black malt or roast barley uh, would uh, drop it by two-tenths of a point, so 5.8 to 5.6 in this particular case.
1: Okay. We've been talking a lot about water lately here on the Brewing Network. Dr. Scott, uh, of course, being the good scientist that he is, is uh, an advocate of knowing your water, but also says to kind of, you know, make it the last part of your process that you learn to do because, right, of, because right, it's yeah. tricky. But you do have a section in your book devoted to brewing water. Um, so he just would wonder if you could expound on your views about the importance that brewing water does actually play when designing a particular beer style.
9: Yeah. Well, I think it's easy to get too carried away about water. That, that would be my, my first comment. Um, it is a lot of fun uh if if you're turned on by the science of brewing it, it's an interesting area of science to investigate and and learn about and and mess around with mm-hmm. um but it's i don't i I think you know I I would agree that it it is you know oftentimes not essential and uh you know in in some cases absolutely sort of over over obsessed about interesting. Um, okay, in, in making making some beers. Now that said, um, the one thing that I do think is very important and that you really do need to pay attention to, no matter um, what your level. Actually, two things. Um, but the, the most essential is uh, chlorine removal, um, and that's something that you know brewers at all levels um, need to pay attention to and i and i almost forgot it because it's just sort of you know it's one of those things i do instinctively now and, sure. and i think every every brewer beyond a certain level understands that um you know i uh, know a commercial brewery that um i'm i'm friends with uh, the owner and and brewer there and uh been to their place a few times had their beers a few times mm-hmm. and uh you know one time i was there and I was tasting the beers i'm like you know you guys got Something going on here that's not not right, and huh. we started talking about it. I was like, "Do you guys carbon filter your water before before you brew with it?" It's like, "No, we don't do that." <laughs> like, no, I think you might want to start doing yeah. that. I mean, you got chlorine in that water, and that's that's not good. You wow. shouldn't be doing that.
7: Wow. And
9: um, you know, they started doing it, and they got rid of that got rid of that, that flavor. So, um, and I I think better beers, but yeah. Um, so you know that that's axiomatic. You just you just you got to do that. And you got to be dealing with that. Okay. Uh, however you do it, whether it's buying filtered water um, in bulk or uh, putting a uh, carbon filter on your uh, on your faucet system or uh, whatever it is, uh, that's just something you got to do. Okay. Um, okay. Or or you know you can let it sit overnight or boil it overnight. So it depends on what the form of uh, chlorine is and get into all the details there. Yeah. Um, so that's number one <clears throat> uh, at a real basic level. At, at a more sophisticated level and where we get into recipe formulation is the uh, issue of carbonate, of uh, you know, temporary hardness in water.
7: Mm-hmm. And
9: uh, that uh, carbonate content um, is not good when you're trying to make a bitter beer, when you're trying to make something with a good good hop kick uh, to it. And um, in in the professional brewing world, Uh, they really look for brewing water that has less than 50 ppm of, uh, carbonate as, as calcium carbonate. And, um, but, you know, less than getting it down to below 75 ppm is, is good enough, uh, in most cases. So if you're making a pale ale, a pilsner, an India pale ale, you know, anything that's going to have more than about, uh, 20, 25 IBUs, um, you're going to want to make sure you 've got your calcium carbonate uh, content knocked down um, and that is something that 's a little bit um challenging to do because there's no um, no really easy way to do it. Um, yeah. We used to talk about um and, and I suppose still do uh you know boiling the water with excess uh calcium uh, either either gypsum or calcium chloride okay. and uh, to generate a precipitation of a, uh, of a calcium carbonate uh, precipitate or, or, or residue and knock it down that way. Um, but frankly, you know even that is a little catch-as-catch little catch can. It doesn't always work effectively if you just have sort of an elevated um, carbonate level rather than, than an extremely high carbonate level. And here in Chicago, we have about 100 to 120 ppm
7: oh, okay. of carbonate.
9: <laughs> And so, you know, we're higher than we want to be and yet still, you know, not so high that precipitation is going to give you sort of dramatic results and, and you're going to feel real good that you've, you've done what you need to do. I see. So I just, I just got a, that's the one place I would, I use, uh, distilled water sometimes, uh, is to take, uh, distilled water and dilute my tap water 50-50. Okay. Uh, so I, so I knock that carbonate content down into that, you know, 50 to 75 range, um, and uh, clear the way for doing those those bitter beers.
1: And homebrewers yeah, no, could you know. could do the same by looking at their local water profile and and then figuring out how much they should cut the water with, with distilled too. Right, it's a right, sp- right. fairly exactly. simple uh, equation.
9: Exactly. And you know, and then the only the only caveat on that is that we always we always have to go back to saying you know don't brew just with distilled water. Um, right. you know the the regular water has uh, essential nutrients in there for the yeast, uh things like uh zinc and uh, uh, magnesium and stuff like that so you you can 't just um can 't just uh, go with distilled water all the way yeah. uh, it doesn 't really work out okay um, so getting that carbonate level knocked down once you 've done that um, uh, then adding some uh some gypsum if you're making a Burton style or or pale ale. And uh, you always need some calcium in the mash, of course, uh, for mash chemistry. And it's just a matter of whether you're going to add gypsum, which you would do in the case of most uh, bitter beer styles, or calcium chloride, uh, which would be the preferred calcium source, if you're making a uh, multi-beer style.
1: I see. And Um, you'd be putting those right into the mash water then? Yeah. Okay.
9: Yeah. Well, uh, in the mat or in in the, in the mash itself. Okay. You know, as as you're mixing the grain and yeah and uh, yeah, you want it in there from from the beginning certainly. Uh, putting it in the water like in the water tank. Yeah. You always run you always run the risk that it may just you know go straight to the bottom and sit there undissolved on the bottom. Right. Uh, I pref- I prefer to put it right in right in the mash tun with with the grain. Uh, you know either. Whatever. Just make sure make sure it's in there. Make sure it's in the mash. Okay. Um, you know, that cal, calcium helps you to achieve proper mash pHs. And if you're starting out with water that has a reasonable calcium carbonate content, that is, you know, less than 75 ppm, mm-hmm. and you add um, um, a, a calcium salt, either gypsum or calcium chloride, yeah. uh, to the mash, then you shouldn't need to worry about your mash pH. Your mash pH should settle into um, a perfectly uh, fine range. Okay. Um, and I, I've never been one who believed in adding um, food-grade acids uh, to mash or to uh, brewing water. Okay. Um, that's an approach that, that actually does get used a, a fair amount um, by commercial brewers, uh, successfully, yeah, because um, they. But really, all they're doing is countering the um, the alkaline nature of calcium carbonate water. Okay. Um, so it, they, most of them do it successfully. Occasionally, you will find a place that's overdoing it. They're they're acidifying their water uh, so much that the finished beers are um, really sort of like a dry stick. Gotcha. They're, uh, they're 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 overly overly acidic, um, and you literally drink a couple of those beers and feel like you need a glass of water to quench your thirst <laughs> once you've gotten done
1: to clear the chalk
9: you know. out of your yeah. Well, yeah, just uh, the, the the acidity and you know I, again this is one of those where you know I've I've had a, a friend who is a brewer and you know I'm tasting his beers and I'm thinking man these beers are really dry and it's not you know bitterness it's and it's not the body, and it's like, why are these beers so dry? And we start talking, and we actually, he asked me to formulate a formulated recipe and brewed it there. And I went in, and it's like, okay, well, this is the way we're going to do the water. I says, oh, we can't do that. I'm like, why? I says, we treat all of our water exactly the same way. It's in the tank, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. Okay, well, what do you do? And he described it, and I just thought, oh, my God. No wonder <laughs> these beers are so dry. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I, using myself as an example, I, I don't like the idea... Of any home brewer using acids, it just bothers me it's frightening i think we should
9: yeah i <laughs> i I did mess around with it a little bit when i was uh you know early on and and I found it very difficult um to get reliable results and and uh yeah I'd, it wasn't wasn 't something that was was working for me so okay i, I uh, uh, and, you know, having studied the science then, you know, I, I just think it's entirely unnecessary. Yeah. um uh, certainly at a homebrew level. You know, if you're a commercial brewer and you can't be, um buying 50 barrels of distilled water to, uh, blend down your, 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 uh, tap water source, you know, I understand that you gotta, gotta find another way to, to, uh, skin the beast. But, uh, yeah. For homebrewers, I think that's a far preferable method.
1: Okay. Alright. I know you got to run, Ray. Can I give you two more quick questions? Yeah, sure, sure.
9: No, we're 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 good. We can carry on.
1: Okay, great, great. Doc wants to know, and this is a great question, and uh, it's certainly kind of right where I'm at in my brew process. Uh, I'm a I'm a partial mash brewer right now, and I am trying to design my own recipes, uh, and I am screwing them up quite frequently. <laughs> so, uh, Doc, I'm I'm quite sure has asked this question uh, specifically for me, and as it relates to others in my position, what mistakes do you see homebrewers make when they first start to design? Their own recipe.
9: Oh, you know, I think, and it's not just home brewers. Um, okay. You know, I think commercial brewers that that aren't experienced uh, in formulation do the same things. I, I think it's either one of two things: um, using the wrong grains, or or trying to do too much, trying trying to use too many different grains. Okay. Kind of saying, well, you know, okay, I'm going to make this beer, so we're going to put six different malts in there.
7: Yeah, yeah. Like, well,
9: you know, in most cases, you really do not need six different malts. Okay. Now, is it, is it going to be interesting? Is it going to be really complex and flavorful? Yeah, probably so. Okay. Is it, is it going to ring the bell and be, you know, help you get to that... Flavor profile that you were looking for uh, that you're that you're used to having from your you know favorite brewery uh, probably not because most successful beers historically have been brewed with the simplest grist possible. Okay. Um, I mean you know the old old German brewing uh, the beer was the malt. Um, you didn't make uh, an Oktoberfest by uh, adding crystal malt. To to Pilsner malt,
7: <laughs> right? You know, you
9: you made an Oktoberfest because you had Munich malt uh, that that created a uh, you know a dark a dark work to begin with. I mean, you made it up to a certain strength. It became the color that we um, associate with uh, Märzen Oktoberfest style. Um, so that that historically uh, that approach of of simplicity. Um, and uh, the simplest risk possible has has been the road that brewers prefer to take. I mean, it, it's when you think about production as a manufacturing process. You always want uh, to have the simplest process possible. You always want to have the, the smallest number of inputs and, and raw ingredients as possible. Now, you know, you don't have to follow that strictly as a home brewer. Yeah. But I'm just saying that's that's something to keep in mind: is simplest is best really good quality uh, malt um, and uh, simple formulations tend to uh give the uh, cleanest results
1: okay I think it does uh it is a tendency a, a human tendency as we learn anything new uh, we all sort of try to reinvent the wheel I think mm-hmm. and, you know we all say we're going to do it bigger and better, and why wouldn't you do this and uh, uh more sure. often than not, it ends up being just what you said the, you need to start uh, with the simple part um.
9: <laughs> I mean, you know, those those beers are fun to brew and, and you know, oftentimes fun to drink. And there, there's nothing wrong with them. But if you're trying to emulate, you know, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, go simple. You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah, Pale Ale malt, a little bit of crystal, and you're done. Right. Don't mess around with it.
1: Right. In fact, uh, the Pale Ale I'm trying to perfect now that I keep screwing up, uh, I, I, I did kind of the same thing. You know, I read a great article in a magazine about how to brew the perfect Pale and in it said the same thing as you did. It said, you know, you, it's really about the basics with it, with a nice pale ale. But it said you could add a couple of different things. And of course, I jumped right to the uh, let's add a couple of different things. And uh, and now I'm I'm right back to uh, all right. Just give me the two row, and I'm going to be fine. <laughs> you know, I'm right back right, to the right, exactly. to the basic part after uh, a couple of attempts. Yeah. Uh, Okay, uh would you be able to discuss this comes up on our show uh kind of often with uh Jamil and Doc uh in designing recipes and especially with the uh the West Coast Brewers loving our hops. Um would you be able to discuss the um gravity to IBU ratio when you're uh mm-hmm. when you're designing a beer because there is, it is kind of a way to to help you decide, you know, how how much of the hops you're going to use?
9: Right. Uh, well, the the B to G U ratio, or or bitterness units to gravity units, okay. um, is a measure that uh, I use in designing great beers uh, to help understand balance um, in a single number, rather than have to talk about um, all components of the beer. Okay. And it is um, basically, you know, the number of IBUs or bitterness units divided by um, um, a, a number for the original gravity of the beer And that number is sort of the last two digits Of the original gravity number Like if it's a 10, 1044 beer It would be 44 Oh, right so if, it's a, if it's a 1090 beer It would be 90 and if it happens to be an 1120 beer, it would be 120. So, you know, you're just taking the, the, the significant digits of the the original gravity number to the right of the decimal point yeah. and making them in, making them into a whole number. Uh-huh. Um, so you're just dividing the IBUs by the original gravity as a whole number, yeah. and uh, that gives you a sense of the balance um, between the, the two beers, or the balance of the beer overall in that style. Right. Um, and what we find in that, then, is that, that it tends to range from about... Oh, you know, 0.15, all the way up to one, or maybe in in some really rare cases, slightly more than one. Uh, But generally speaking, a a 1.0, you know, BU to GU ratio, Mm -hmm. where you have just as many IBUs as you do um, gravity units, is about as as bitter as people tend to make beers. Okay. And there may and there may be some there may be some uh, you know secret. uh rule of the universe there that says you just can't get any more bitterness in there <laughs> okay. without putting more mold so I, I don't know I, well, I that's something to do do a study on and uh or maybe or maybe write a column on someday. Who
1: knows? yeah absolutely but uh, that's a great equation I mean, it's very simple ray i i see why uh i see why they say you're a genius even i understand that
9: Well, I don't know that that coming up with it was genius. I think lots of people have done it. uh, But, but, you know, examining it and and looking at all the data we we had available uh, in the 1990s and and applying that concept to that data and drawing some conclusions uh, has certainly been useful for for me and and, uh, apparently for other people as well. Right.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Last question, and then we're going to have you back on the show. Uh, we spoke about this, uh, so we can get you on live, and and you can actually get some caller interaction with you. So yep. I think I'll save a bunch of this for that time. It'll be a lot of fun, I, I guarantee you. Um Alrighty. So a real simple one, because everyone wants to know, Ray, what's your favorite style to brew? And uh, you got any tips for us on brewing that style?
9: Well, I'll tell you, um, what I'm working on right now is brewing something that I can't buy in the store. And that is, uh, um, you know, we all like to drink beer as often as possible. Um, and it's a sad fact that uh, sometimes you pour a beer in your glass and you turn around and it's gone. And, you know, I look, I look accusingly at my two... Uh, teenage children, and they're both saying, and hey, one, you got that
7: beer.
9: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there, there are, you know, well, there are lots of reasons, uh, you know, not to uh, sit down there and sit there and pound down a six-pack of, of 6% uh, IPAs uh, on, a, on a nightly basis. Although there's nothing wrong so, with that. Well, uh, of course not. They've <laughs> um, done responsibly and moderately. Right. Um so, you know, what I'm uh, working on is uh, doing a, a low-gravity, uh, you know, lower-alcohol, flavorful beer. Yeah. And um, I'd like to come up with something that is um, below 1040 original gravity um, but has a good amount of hop flavor and aroma in it uh, without being, you know, overwhelmingly bitter. And yeah. also, good. like, the body to be, you know, satisfying um, so, you know, I'm working, working on those components and, and, uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to make it an extract beer, so it'll be quick to brew.
7: Okay. Um,
9: you know, just generally trying to find, make sort of a session beer. Yeah. Um,
7: but with uh, all the flavor.
9: Enjoy doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and sort of my, sort of my role model for it is, uh I think the, the 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 first batch I brewed was I, I dubbed it Little Bastard. <laughs> um, I can uh, this is this yeah okay all right this is not this is not broadcast radio so we can say that that's um, right you can
1: say whatever you want
9: <laughs> uh, it, because I mean it basically is sort of if you took arrogant Bastard the the great beer that Stone Brewing Company makes and, and sort of you know cranked it down on 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 all of its dimensions to make it a a sort of you know three and a half percent alcohol beer. Um, I think that'd be just a really great, you know, day in, day out session beer. And uh so that's that's what I'm what I'm working on doing.
1: Gotcha. That's a great now that's the ultimate test of of balancing a beer to uh, and, and a great idea to get all of the flavor in the body, but uh not quite the giant of a beer. Right, right. Definitely.
9: Yep. So I'm working on that and I'll get a, get a recipe in the, in the in my Zymergy column when I when I get it perfected.
1: Okay. Oh, awesome! I I can't wait for that actually. As you're talking about your disappearing beer, uh, I was I was wondering if you could maybe get to work on. I'm thinking that if Willy Wonka could have the everlasting gobstopper, uh, Ray, we, we might be able to do the the everlasting homebrew.
9: And, uh, <laughs> it's the uh, it's the keg that never runs dry.
1: Yeah, and I'm counting on you and maybe Dr. Scott for that because he's uh,
9: he's a little genius around here too. So well, you know, uh, Jeff, Jeff Renner in, Mich- in Michigan uh, has a Solera uh, rig for for beers. You know, Solera's uh, I think they use for making some kind of wine, Madeira or something like that. And uh-huh. uh, they basically put some in and take some out.
7: Oh, for right. Every year.
9: So he that's that he's got one of those where he you know takes a few gallons out puts a few gallons in right. you know, every every month or so and it just is a, a constantly evolving constantly aging uh, batch of beer.
1: I love that idea. I tried one of those. We had a homebrew club uh, call into the show and send us uh, uh, an imperial stout that they do like that. And right, right? Yeah, I loved it. It was really a great beer, and I think just an interesting concept to have a constantly evolving beer, like you say. Yeah, that's great. That's a good idea. Alright, Ray, listen, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you working on another book later this year? I think I saw something about that.
9: Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, well, it's not so much a, uh, uh, yeah, it, it is, I'm, uh, a book that I'm editing, uh, for the Brewers Association. It's going to be the Brewers Association's Guide uh, to Starting Your Own Brewery.
7: Oh, great.
9: And, uh, this, this is a, for years we've got a book called Brewery Planner, uh, that's even, uh, that's even older than Designing Great Beers, okay. and it sells well for us on a regular basis, but it, it, it was getting so long in the tooth that we really needed to update it, so that's what I'm doing, is taking that content, pulling it apart, uh, adding some new stuff in there, bringing it up to date, and I uh, will have that new book out in, um in the fall, I'm trying to remember, I think November 1 is the uh, pub date on that. Great. Um, mean, meanwhile this week, uh, we are publishing the uh, substantially revised, updated, and renewed third edition of uh, John Palmer's, uh, classic text, How to Brew. Nice. And, uh, we're, we're very excited about that. Uh, we've spent, uh, the last year and a half working, uh, with, with John, uh, literally going through the book sentence by sentence, uh, chapter by chapter, uh, giving John, uh, input from Randy Mosher and myself. Randy Mosher's technical letter on the book. Yeah. And, um, you know, John's has done a great job with that book. And, uh, we helped him tweak a couple things and, he added some more stuff and did some more research on things he was interested in, and uh, we've got a, a really great uh, edition uh, coming out, and uh, so look for that to be on your on your uh, bookshelves and uh, available from the Brewers Association uh, very shortly, like in the next uh, two three weeks.
1: Great! And by the way, you can find those at beertown dot org, uh, as well as Amazon. Yeah, I found all your stuff at Amazon there as well. So yeah,
9: uh, yeah, thanks. It's always always. Always an alternative. Uh,
1: and then, of course, Craft Beer Week is is this week, and uh, we want everyone to, to know about that and support it. And you can do the... Uh,
9: Great, the Great American Beer Tour. There it is. Yep, and uh, American Craft Beer Week. So uh, AmericanCraftBeerWeek.org is your portal to all the fun things going on this coming week.
1: Wonderful. And, hey, Gary Glass is coming on our show today to talk about NHC. Might we find Absolutely. you in Florida?
9: I'm definitely planning on being down there, Justin.
1: Great, we're going to be broadcasting from there, so I might come nag you to sit down oh, with us for five yeah. more minutes. Yeah,
9: absolutely, absolutely. Okay.
1: Ray, I really appreciate it, and and on behalf of our listeners, seriously, thank you very much for for spending the time to answer some questions
9: for us. Glad to do it. Good to talk to you, Justin. Great.
1: Take care, Ray.
9: Take care. Bye bye. You're listening to the Brewing Network. <laughs>
1: So there you have it, the great Ray Daniels hanging out with us and uh, did a little interview at uh, 7 a.m. or so this morning. You know, it is a bad,
3: bad day. You know, it's Sunday, Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, I'm lucky
1: I'm here. (laughs) So are we. Lucky you're here. Yeah, no, you're right. Mother's Day is a tough gig, so uh, cool that he did that pre-interview with us. I hope you liked it. Uh, I did. I thought it was a good time hanging out with Ray a, a bit this morning and talking about the book, which is obviously an amazing impact on the homebrew industry so that was just real cool and like i said earlier before i played that whole segment by the way we're back live now uh that he will come back and do a live show with us uh probably over the phone because he's in chicago chicago but at least we'll get uh, the chance for you guys to call in and ask your own questions um so it was a good interview. I liked it. And uh, in the meantime, uh, Doc and I and Daniela just been hanging out drinking beers for an hour. Yeah. I kind of like the format. <laughs> yeah. I got to go hang out with the people in the chat room for the first time ever. I never got to do that before. He was smiling the whole time. Yeah, it just—I don't know—it's so cool. There's so many people in there. It's—it's it's overwhelming. And Daniela always tells me, "Oh, hey, there's a bunch of you know listeners in the chat room. It's crazy." And I never, you know, i am i I'm always appreciate that, but I never get to see it firsthand. And it is—it's awesome in there, Daniela. Everyone's oh, she's always over smiling of? and typing, man. That's no, the only cool.
2: reason why I'm still hanging out here on my <laughs> Sunday afternoons.
1: They're so cool. They're they are just, great.
2: I love those people.
1: Everyone's asking, you know, what are you drinking? And, uh, you know, of course they called me names as soon as I got in there. But that's a, that's par for the course. Did <laughs> you sign in with your own name or just? Well, I used Daniela's for a little while, and then it got confusing. They couldn't tell if I was a cross-dresser, if I was Daniela, if I was myself. They didn't know. What's confusing about that? (laughs)
2: Because they know I type in an accent, so he probably didn't do Uh, that. That must
1: have been what it was. (laughs) Finally, I signed out and just signed in as myself. (laughs) It was cool. It's fun in there. Join the chat room. Absolutely. If, if, if you can't listen live, I understand. But if you ever get the chance, you know, pick a good show. Yeah. Dan Gordon show's yeah. coming up. It's like being Ooh. drunk with your buddies. It's so cool.
3: It's so fun. <laughs> I was there.
2: invited for a wedding the exact weekend of the Dan Gordon show. One of my friends from Germany, but he's getting married here in L.A. I canceled. I said I couldn't come. I need to be C- here for Dan. the Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Got to do the Dan you know, Gordon show. San
3: Francisco is a much better city to get married in.
2: Oh really?
1: Well, Dan's here. <laughs> yeah, then he could stay and do the show. Hey, Bub, you're Where'd on the you... air with us. Bub, 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 bub. You were on the air with us. Bub, you there?
6: Helps to plug right. in the microphone, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, hey, there you go. How are you, Bub? Oh, by the way, I call bullshit. Nobody was nice to you in that in that chat room. <laughs> You're trying to make it sound like it's a bunch. It's a big hug fest in there. So new people join. (laughs) It's not. I actually Lord of the Flies,
2: and they have said
1: that they made fun of me, but it was totally cool in there.
2: How they among uh, act amongst each other, right? That's very nice.
1: They're pretty nice too. Oh yeah, we love each other. (laughs) It's just me that you guys are fuckers too. Yeah. Like flies and exactly. shit.
2: No, but what's cool about this chat room is even if you join as a newbie, um, it's very open minded. You know, it's not like a bunch of conversations going on that you don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Like, especially me with this internet language, I have no idea. Like, when they type in R O F T L or something like <laughs> that, I don't know what that means. No, so. yeah, you do. <laughs> no, no. Rolling I on the floor. Oh, All right, that was the rolling one. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. You can follow the conversation even if you plug on like an hour into the show.
1: Yeah. I like Bub. Bu- like you, You're to be full of shit. You're just trying to get people in there. <laughs> All right. Oh, you're true. Fuck it. You're right. The chat room sucks. Don't join
6: it. It's terrible. Hey. No. Actually, I'm just saying that nobody's nice to you. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, we're nice to everybody but Lufa <laughs> and Jamil. Yeah, what's <laughs> to
2: deal with Lufa. Everybody was trash talking Lufa. Whatever today.
6: happened to poor Lufa? Is, is Lufa in there? Such, such a nice guy. Not anymore.
2: He, he left. Quit.
6: Did he? You guys- I-, I told him he was pulling the train. He walked off. <laughs>
3: looks like make my money somewhere. Well, no, he's probably hammered and could not type anymore.
1: <laughs> Lufa by the way works really hard for us. He's the one who weeds out all the spam of the forum and and we get like five spammers a day now and yeah. he's the one who goes through and does all that stuff. Oh, such I I had, Dude.
3: I had a great comeback with one of those spammers, you know, selling all the drugs and this and that and yeah. and just as I typed and you know, punched the enter thing to put it in there, Lufa whipped it out of Yeah. So,
1: he's good. And then you guys just diss him every time he goes in there. Poor guy. <laughs> well, look at the crazy ass hat he wears. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. And he's working on seventy four volts DC. Come on. Uh, yeah,
6: I mean, can you not just make fun of a guy wearing that queer ass hat? I mean, it's like it, it's like well, looking at Justin and not making fun of him. Yeah, it's just not possible.
1: I agree. That's his brewing hat.
6: I love that hat.
1: I do the same thing every time I brew. But you know my what, teeth. Bub? Yes,
3: how, how many people in the forum? Are, are wearing that hat too? there was a couple <laughs> was like, I got that hat, yeah, uh, and actually uh Lufa actually offered to have hats made. Yeah. I think somebody sent him one, actually, yeah,
2: well, I gotta say I would find it very attractive if my man would wear such a hat, who is that? I don't know. I'm not married yet. But if I get ever married, I wow. would like my man to wear was, such a hat.
3: Little Pippi Longstocking going on.
2: I find it very sexy and very hot. That hat is just awesome. Yeah, leave,
6: st- leave it on, honey. You can take off all your clothes, leave the hat on.
5: Yeah, baby.
6: And n- now, Code is, he's, he's instant messaging me saying that, oh, I totally wear that hat. Oh, <laughs> you're <it."> See, <laughs>
1: my influence is Thanks permeating for the, help on the, the website website, chat room. <laughs> Hey, when's the deadline to sign up for the Brewing Network forum and Bub Web? It's the first.
6: It's the first. So get th- your get your information. There. I may hold it back a couple of days for you, mopes. That uh, you know, if somebody sponsors me to go to the anniversary show, I'll definitely hold it off until after the anniversary show. Yeah.
3: But uh, what would that take?
6: <coughs>
3: plane well, tickets uh, is what a you plane need. Plane tickets.
2: Where are you, uh, Bub? In which state are you? In
3: Chicago. Chicago.
2: That's not too far. Yeah, you
3: know, we can get you out of there permanently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Do the old box but card Bob, thing. But Bob,
2: you know, you won the gold medal. You're the gold medalist of the, the Golden network. boy. You kind of need you there.
6: You know, I swear to God, if I had the money, I'd so be there. Oh, of course, Bob. I'd disown me and.
3: Uh, no, no, no not I just, just the money. Then you just said something else there.
6: No, no, I, I
3: would. Honey, I would they look gave us. They over. gave me the money. I'm gone. That's right. <laughs> right, that would happen.
6: Are you, you're driving a Hummer. What do you? T- Hello? Hey, you yeah. know, if, if I
3: said I'll pay for your ticket out here, you go. Bye, honey. <laughs> you, you're right. I would. <laughs> I, and I'm not coming back? <laughs> no, no, no. I'd come back. <laughs> yeah, right. <Doc laughs> In your own, own
1: apartment. <laughs> Doc will only spring for a one-way ticket. <laughs> no, That's like... all I have to, probably. <laughs> yeah. All right. I got to go. I got to go, bub. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay. If you do have questions about designing great beers and the Ray Daniels interview that we just did, if if anything did not get answered, it was a even though it lasted a good fifty minutes, it was a you know not as in depth as we usually like to do here at the BN. So if you have other questions, Doc is a bit of an expert about the book and uh, uses it himself to design his great beers. It's a good book. So if you want to ask some more questions, please feel free. Join the chat room and give them to Daniela. Or you can call 888-401-BEER. Of course, you can Skype us at the Brewing Network, and we'd be happy to answer a couple questions that way. So people are waiting for me to do uh, discuss this, this competition thing further. The chat room's asking to get Jamil on the horn. And talk about it. And I'm thinking that what I'd rather do is, is really kind of wait for the opinions to flow because, uh, as Doc was pointing out to me, the the original forum that the controversy got posted in, nobody's really replied to it. No, we, uh, we got they have ma- mainstream. Forum. It got really
3: mainstream on Friday. And I don't think we got enough info yet. I think we need more ammo and more stuff to make a good radio. Well, yeah,
1: I just want to make sure that it's a, it's a fair and balanced opinion of the whole thing that's happening. And it's basically just – it's just all about club points, and people are wondering whether or not uh, club points uh, were being distributed properly with uh, Jameel winning a whole bunch of – not not necessarily Jameel winning the awards, no, but, uh, again, entering he, in other regions. Right, or anybody entering in different regions and then giving the points back to their home club. I just feel like if I get Jameel on the phone – Right now and do the whole thing. I don't know if we're going to get a fair... We're going to blow our wad too soon. So we're going to get a fair view of the whole uh, controversy without uh, seeing some more posts and things like that. I, I think we can make it into a pretty good segment next week. All right. So let's do that then. So we're just going to hang hang in there. Tune in next week. We'll do it at the beginning because we got the cider show going on, and we'll just uh, get everybody to chime in on the whole deal. That way the forum posting will have been a bit more complete, and we can actually read what people are thinking because right now i don't know what anybody's thinking i uh, what <laughs> happened is <laughs> i just read this thing i read the whole post and i was like well that's an interesting concept that's going on there but then there wasn't a lot going on uh, that anybody really cared about or, or, or gave any opinions about it so i kind of feel i, I kind of feel ill-informed and i i want to be more informed before i i do the whole thing so uh and that's new yeah that is actually new. <laughs> Usually I could give a shit. Let's we'll talk about whatever. No, I talk about you
3: being informed and being upset
1: about it. That will be new, yeah. Being informed. We'll so, go uh, let's good, do good. Good, good, good. We'll do that. So next week we're going to do that. Get your questions ready. If you have anything to uh, about uh, the Ray Daniels interview that we just did and you want to know what's going on there, then uh, we are, are definitely happy to answer them because Doc's got a whole uh, uh, a plethora of knowledge. Just... Well, let's talk
3: about the book a little bit. I mean, the first half of the book is, uh, brewing techniques, brewing knowledge, that kind of thing. Kind of stuff you need to know. A lot of mathematics things that, even simple stuff. It's simple arithmetic a lot of times. It can get you out of trouble or, or, you know, send you down the right path. And then the last half of the book is very style based. And I've always kind of said that styles are an awesome thing. You don't have to brew a style, but it's a good thing to give you a basis of where you need to be. Um, getting in there, brewing something different, but if you just throw something out there, you never know if you're a hit, you're going to miss, or whatever else. If you've got a style and you're pretty good at brewing styles, you brewed a couple of good whatevers, and now you want to branch out for that style, Right. then it's an awesome thing to know where you are at. Maybe You, you don't have to know every style. I uh, see so you're really good at ESBs or something, and you want to make something a little extra than an extra special bitter. It's a good thing to know where you're coming from, without making a bad beer that's really out of balance. And getting in there with a little more of this, a little more of that, without being, you know, wacko. Yeah. And making a bad batch of beer. Nobody wants to make a bad batch of beer, because then True you get that. Well. You might not want to drink it, but you might have some friends that might want to drink it more than you do. But it's kind of a disappointment when you've got five gallons, and it isn't what
1: you wanted it to be. Yeah. I I got a great example of that for you, Doc. Why don't we – I got my pale ale again. I've been trying to perfect a nice pale ale. Uh, Again? And you never consulted me? Not proving to be the easiest thing. I did consult you. I did. I did. You don't, you don't remember. You must have been out drinking. <laughs> Actually, as a matter of fact, you were out drinking that <laughs> night. I, I did call and consult you. But it's a, it's a good example of designing a recipe. I think, I think you told me, I have this, but I don't have this. Can I still use it? Yeah. No, but I asked you about my recipe, and, and we'll talk about it. Because I, the first time I did it, the gravity was too low. The second time now, I'll let you taste it on the air when we come back. It's, okay. uh, the gravity was too well, high. Well,
3: well, Let's take that tact right there. When we come back, we'll talk about your paleo, what you were aiming for, and what we wanted to get out of it.
1: Perfect. You're cool. tuned into the Brewing Network. If you have any questions about designing great beers in the Ray Daniels interview, ask them in the chat room. We'll be right back. It's the Brewing Network.
4: What I find really useful is a refractometer. Mm -hmm. Because you only need a few drops Mm -hmm. for a refractometer to get a good reading. And what I like to do is take, you know, same syringe you might use for shooting heroin or or crack. You can can use those are perfect for grabbing yourself a a small sample from the boil kettle. You can put that on your...
3: like the beers at the break, Doc. It's not a bad thing.
1: Oh. That's a good thing. Oh, yeah, baby. A lot of fun on this show, you know? What a, what a good gig we got going on here, you know? Good things happening. Uh, Ray Daniels on the horn a little bit earlier. If you got any questions about designing great beers, Doc would be happy to answer them for you. Hey, Jameel. Hey. I saw I, hey. Missed, I saw I missed your call there, buddy. Hey, no problem. I you. didn't even know you were there. What's happening in the land of gold medal, Jameel? I've just changed. Hey, same, can, same old, same old. You know what we got to do, Jameel? Is I think it's time that you got some bling bling on your teeth. <laughs> oh yeah, I
3: can I can make a grill for you, buddy.
1: You know? All right. You know what I'm okay. talking about? a couple of front, uh, a couple of gold teeth. Not even the front tooth, that side tooth, the one right uh, next to your yeah. front teeth, just to uh, kind of represent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
4: <laughs> sounds good. Just put a Brewing Network
1: logo on there. <laughs> yeah, how awesome would that be? <laughs> I say I say we melt down a couple of your trophies and medals and we put them on your tooth with a little BN logo. Uh, all across
3: the front. Like a lot of bling. <laughs> Come on, that sounds sounds good. All right, so
1: Jamil's in. You heard it here first? I'm in. <laughs> you know, I'll do that for you. Uh, we have this uh, newspaper advertisement mm-hmm. on our fridge here at the house that actually has a, some place in Richmond, which is not the nicest city in the Bay Area. And it's, it's uh, they do a whole, it's a, like the whole place specializes in bling, and it's got this disgusting grill. Some dude with just oh, yeah. nothing but giant gold teeth in his mouth. and uh, It's good to him. I can see that for you, Jamil.
4: I, I can see it, too. Now, now, Doc, I won't have to take my clothes off again for this, will I? Mm. <laughs> it is a medical
1: office. Yeah. <laughs> a totally different visit
4: this he time. He
2: makes me do that, too. Don't worry, Jamil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, you got a weird office going on. I'm there Friday, actually. I thought that all offices were like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm there Friday. But I, uh, I guess That's why I better, wear a white coat. I guess I better shower and change the old underwear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least flip it inside for outside. <laughs> What's happening, Jamil? Uh, wait, uh, Jamil, how how
3: hot is it over there in your house? It's hot here, hot, hot, hot. It's all. Got,
4: it's got to yeah. be worse there. In, in the house, it's nice and cool. Uh, outside, it was like a hundred and one today. Ooh man, it gets like that here. We got to get this air conditioning. You can't mix. hardly brew like that, can you? Uh, you can in you, the kitchen. You just you can't ferment like that.
1: <laughs> you got to do it in the clean room yeah so yeah. air conditioned and uh,
4: the, the clean air conditioned room with the uh, assistants. <laughs> yeah <laughs> a, lot, a lot of
1: gloves a
3: lot of masks
1: <laughs> did you <Model> uh, lubrication? <laughs> did you want to talk about this deal this week or you want to wait till next week uh i don't care doesn't matter to me whatever what? whatever I, you guys want to do
3: i'm pushing for next week
1: i want to wait till next week but then i saw that you called in so that's why i'm asking you oh uh, i thought you wanted me to
4: call in for uh recipes yes recipe formulation
1: or something mm-hmm, yeah
3: i think we ought to like you know take some chat room things and uh double team them
1: <laughs> i think they got some a lot of information out of ray because i haven't gotten any chat room questions out of daniela yeah. so uh, i think they're doing real well you're a ray daniels uh designing great beers fan though aren't you oh absolutely that's that's really uh, a big part of how i came
4: to my recipe formulation process was Reading, and I tell everyone, hey, you know, th- they want to learn how to start making recipes. I tell them to, uh, you know, get Ray's book and, uh, you know, go that way out. It, it really is a great book and has a lot of information. And,
3: uh, and the thing in his book, he doesn't, he doesn't give you recipes. I don't think there's one in there, is there? No, I, I don't think so. it's
4: it, no, It, it, it teaches you how to do recipes. He
3: teaches you how to do recipes, yeah. he gives you guidelines, kind of what should be in there, yes. and well, mostly points of the way which is nice, and then, you know, coddles you along that way. It doesn't give you a recipe that this is a pale ale and this is a coal, sure, this is this or that. Right. Which is, you know, that's what you got to do, sink or swim.
4: Well, and it's fantastic. He gives you plenty of uh, information to, to formulate, how to formulate recipes. He teaches you, you know, like how to fish. And then... You go ahead and make a few recipes, you know see how they they turn out, and uh, you know you can compare them to other recipes out there. There's lots of recipes out there and see how they stack up and you know once you kind of get the hang of it, it's uh, really easy and you can you can make a recipe for anything that turns out just great,
3: and a lot of it's well his first half of the book is uh, Brewing processes It's not all just the recipe; you really gotta know what you're doing as far uh, getting everything else the the basics clean. Uh, got a clean room like like uh, Jamil does.
1: Yeah, and you're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have the clean room. Gotta have the clean room. At least have you know a clean mindset. See, here's my problem with the recipe formulation, and uh, you know I didn't tell Ray this because uh, not just because I didn't. I didn't read the book. I, that's why I took uh, your question. It was and, too thick, man. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, hey, look, no pictures. Hey, the cover was great. I'll tell you that. I love the cover. Yeah, <laughs> and even the blurb on the ba- on the back. Well done. <laughs> well done, Ray. But I didn't read the book, uh, you know. Yet I'm I'm busy. I got I got things happening, and that, and I can hardly read the outline of the show. So, but here's my problem with with designing beers that I've been having is uh, I did design a few in the beginning when I was doing extract. Uh, not, not too difficult to design an extract brew. Especially cause it was a, uh, beer, beer, and more beer was always just awesome. I could always go in there and say, this is what I was going for, John. Hey, give me a hand here. And, and he would help me design it. So now I get into the mini-mash thing and I'm on my, my 10 gallon system, so I'm brewing more beer and, uh, doing that whole thing. And I, I decide to take the advice of my counterparts here, Jamil, Doc, and, and just go, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick a beer. And I'm going to try to get it right, and I'm going to keep brewing it until I get it right. And then I'm going to take it from there. After I get it right, I'm going to, to add things to it so I can know how different things work and, uh uh you know. Because I'm not a total retard and I listen to you guys, so that's what I figured would be the best thing to do. So I've been working on a pale ale. That's my. I figured if I'm going to pick a beer, might as well pick one of my favorites. And I love a good American pale ale. I just, it's a good beer and I, I, love it. So I figured I'd start there. And the first one I completely screwed up. My, I didn't get any efficiency out of it. I think I may have even forgotten to add enough grain or some ridiculous thing, and uh, ended up with an extremely low gravity. Well, this one now, Doc's got my beer in his hand here. This one, the gravity was really high. High. It was like uh ten fifty eight. It was almost ten sixty.
3: Okay. And what did it finish out at?
1: It finished out at I think ten twelve. That's not bad. So it did it, it did happen for the beer. In other words, the fermentation went quite well. My opinion is that uh I'm trying really hard in in taking everybody's advice. Not to do the super hoppy thing that I do, that I just go, oh, well, there's a little more hops, throw it in there, right? So I was re- I was very conservative with the hops. Well, in this particular beer, had I gotten my, my target gravity, which would have been much lower, the hops might have been just right. But since it's such a sweet and malty beer now with a high gravity, it's absolutely unbalanced. It is so unbalanced that it's... It's, it's a Rattler. It's really sweet, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a Rattler. <laughs> I
3: love it. Oh, yes, well, she would. Um, it's basically it's a glass it's, of malt, no, it's a glass of grapefruit juice.
1: oh, <laughs> that's even worse yeah
3: it's, <laughs> it's 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 uh it's balanced with some maltness and a little bit of of the bitterness, but all right, it's a glass of grapefruit juice. see, I didn't get any grapefruit out of it. Are you kidding, really? No, it's all grapefruit juice, okay, fair enough, it's not bad.
4: <laughs> that's it, <not> good
3: either <laughs> well no all you need to do is adjust a couple of things and keep keep along the same same route okay but it's it's i could drink this well it, and i can bad.
1: drink it too but i'm not happy it's, about it
4: because it's not what you were designing for and that's what we were talking about early and so well, so this is a big my point. part of it is you know the process you have to get the process down so you can repeat right. basic things about brewing and once you can do that then you can mess with the recipe until until you can kind of uh, lock in that, that basic thing. And, and one thing about the Designing Great Beers book, you don't have to read the whole thing at one sitting. Just read the, um, the the front couple of chapters. talks about the ingredients and understanding what the ingredients do and kind of the process of calculating things. And then you can jump around to the section that covers the type of beer you want to brew. So you don't have to read that whole thick book at one, one sitting. No, it's a thick book,
3: and I think I'll leave it here for him. It's a little dog-eared. But uh, I, I'll, the thing, too, is that really this book really honed in something for me was hitting your target gravity. Mm. Which, to, is, which is the problem that I'm having. And, and it's how to hit it and why to hit it. And, and, well, maybe you're not right there when you're almost done brewing. What do you need to do to, to, to not make it? Out. it
4: or to, well, and most, most likely your efficiency is pretty close to the same each time. What you're having pro- problems with is your boil rate is changing, yeah. And, or your and so evaporation is a huge part of what your final gravity is, and it, the little slight differences in the boil make huge difference in the final gravity.
3: Or, or he's he's, so. he's new to home brew or to all, gra- all grain. Yeah. Are you doing all grain? Or I'm, you, I'm, I'm doing mini mash. mash. I'll he's tell he's you, doing you, mini mash now.
1: But uh, Jamil's on it though. I'm definitely my my boil is is I'm still trying to figure out my my efficiency in the boil. I'm still trying well, you, to figure you, out my evaporation. You also rate. have a new kettle. That's what I'm saying. You have a new yeah. system now. I do, and and so here I am. I'm taking on a new recipe and a new system, and, and a, I'm screwing it up. You got a lot of the variables here. I just figured out, here's what, I, here's what I think I've figured out. And I don't know if I've even figured it out. I just think so. It, it appears, because I tested it, the, when, I, when I transferred this beer, I measured how much was left in my kettle. Which appears to be about two gallons. I'm leaving two gallons of wort and trube in the bottom of my kettle. Fine and good. That's, if that's how it works, I realize that's not necessarily the problem. But I got to make up for that right. in my evaporation rate, which I didn't necessarily do. So I'm thinking I got to go uh, here. So I, I'm using a, a uh, converted keg for those of you at home. A converted keg. I got a spout on the bottom. It's uh, I got a concave bottom, so you can leave really a lot of wort down there because my spout is a good inch and a half above even the the top of the concave bottom. So. What's happening is I am I now think that I'm losing about two gallons in the boil. Okay. And then I'm leaving two gallons at the bottom of the kettle. So i got to go... You need to make a seven-gallon beer. Well, I want a 10-gallon beer. Okay, you need to make a 12-gallon beer then. You but need- I think I have to have then a 14-gallon wort. Yep. Because I'm boiling off two, I'm leaving two, Right. and I want to transfer well, ten. It, it gets into a lot of that. What do you don't, want to say, Jimmy? Uh, one thing is, you It
4: sounds like you might be boiling much more than you need to. Um, you really don't need to exceed uh, 10, 12 percent. Okay. Well, I, um, I was just getting
3: into, into the straight math of it. You know, yeah. Round yeah. round numbers. If he's if
4: he's boiling so, off two gallons in an hour. Yeah, you've, you've got a converted keg which will hold fifteen and a half gallons. Right, right. It's more than enough to do a ten gallon batch. Absolutely. And I'm I'm not sure why you're leaving two gallons behind in the the kettle. Yeah,
1: that, that does seem like a lot. Well, I, I um, and, and I thought, but I measured it. So basically, I I transferred off out of my spout until it stopped transferring. Right. So in other words, the wort was then below my spout. Then I poured that out into a bucket. Oh, no, you don't have a like a tube going to the uh, to the bottom, very bottom? I do not. No, okay. it's it's up above an inch above the top of a concave bottom. No. So so I actually then pour because I wanted to know how much am I leaving behind right. because well, I you tried can, to. Uh, you, you can let it uh, let the tube and all that settle,
4: and then uh, you know just tilt the uh, kettle and let it run out. the The clear word will be on the top, and all the crud will settle to the bottom. You know, I mean,
1: yeah. You know, if you leave behind a gallon, that should do it. See, you know yeah. what? I, I, I'm telling you, I, I did do, I did tilt it even, and and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm transferring all the junk, and it, it it's kind of defeating mm. the purpose of my whirlpool. And actually, yeah. this is why I'm really interested in your immersion chiller whirl, whirlpooler, so that I can, because my immersion chiller is not very efficient. Well, how 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 long are you letting it settle? 40 minutes is what it's taken 30 minutes for me to get down to Mm -hmm. like 85 degrees with my chiller oh man yeah Yeah. that's why i'm not happy with with the with the chill rate and so it's uh, look 30 40 minutes is plenty of time for the the world to settle isn't it and so it's definitely settling but i'm still transferring a bunch of garbage
4: yeah uh, well you know as as the work uh, chills down you're creating more and more cold break the cold break keeps forming until you get down to like 32 degrees Oh. Right. And, the, and 50% of it forms you know in the 60 degrees and below so you oh. know as as you're going down uh, you know, you're still forming cold break so cold break is forming as you get to like 85 degrees so once you've reached your coldest point which is pretty that, much
1: 80 is as cold as I can get it with my
4: that, then it needs to sit for like 30 minutes after that And everything will hit the bottom there. Because otherwise there's cold break all throughout
1: the, the liquid. Okay. Yeah, and and you know, and and you're absolutely right, Jamil. Not you need me to tell you that, but uh, because then after the you're right after the 40 minutes, then I've got it down to 80. I realize it's not moving anywhere, so I go ahead and I turn off my water flow through the through the uh, the immersion chiller, and I figure, listen, I don't want it sitting in my kettle. It's not sealed. I've got it down at a da- 80 is an ugly spot for bugs, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking now I want to I transfer. It. So what I do, and I'm I'm using this batch, Doc's drink in in particular. I go ahead and I start transferring it. And you're right, man. All kinds of cold break is going through that. My uh, tube looked ugly as it's passing through there. And so now mm-hmm. I'm thinking, ah, oh, now this is terrible. I'm transferring all this junk. So I guess I probably did leave behind the, the, the hop tube. But I was mm-hmm. definitely transferring all of that cold break. And right. you make a good point that I would have to let it sit for another 40 minutes for that to break out. But then, no, yeah, like 30 minutes will do it. But is that all right? I mean, if you keep a lid,
3: as far as bugs go, just keep a lid on
1: it. But the lid's not a tight
4: seal by any means.
3: You're not creating a vacuum. You're you're doing okay. Okay. Don't sweat.
4: Well, I mean, you are when when you're initially chilling it and stuff yeah. goes, you know, air gets drawn
1: in. Right, but but don't sweat it so much. But, yeah. Okay, but then, all right. So let's say I do that and everything drops to the bottom. I mm-hmm. can't tilt it to get more out of it, know, because then I'm really pulling it. You know, it's I'm pulling it into the. It's going to transfer with me. So I'd rather not tilt it. I'd rather leave. I'd almost rather leave two gallons behind. Then Oh, well, that's that's fine too.
4: Okay. Well, just brew I mean, two, two more no, gallons of beer. Right? Yeah, exactly.
3: No no reason to, you know.
4: If you rather sweat not, it,
3: if, if your gig is to not have the
1: chunks coming in. I want to try that. Yeah. Then then just brew two more gallons of beer. Cuz I've always been a partial masher and as a partial masher you dump everything into the fermenter cuz that's your that's what you got. So I would uh, not partial masher, I'm sorry. Extract. I mean I mean uh, a partial boil is what I meant yeah. now, as an extract brewer. So now I really want to transfer a nice clean word. We've talked about that here a lot. So I'd rather leave the two gallons behind, nice and settled, and and end, but I want to end up with ten gallons of beer. And what happened with this beer that you're drinking, Doc, is that I ended up with seven gallons of beer, but I planned the recipe to be ten, you see? So it was a, it was basically I made a concentrated wort, even though I wasn't doing a partial boil. It, it's, it's bock-like.
3: It's not bad. It'll get you it, drunk? It, no, it's, 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 <laughs> it's clean but it's not what he was looking for and that's what the whole idea of the show is is it he designed this as the, this is not what he was looking for yeah. it's a clean beer it's nice there's
1: no off flavors here It's not balanced, though. Well, and that's my point here, is that I've learned from you folks how to brew a clean beer. I don't have problems with that. Uh, uh, Certainly, I had problems with my fermentation, and now I'm I'm getting that under the control. I really control the temperature, like Jamil has taught me to do, and, and I'm really paying attention to those things, so now, exactly, like this show, that's what I'm focusing on because... What I'm messing up on at this point is, well, A, my process because I don't know my well, kettle, it's, and B, my recipe.
3: It's dialing it in. And what process made it – was it the process that did it, or was it – maybe you didn't design the beer the right way to begin with? Combination of both, I think. Oh, probably. You know, Jamil, <laughs> you'd like this beer. You would say it's not balanced, but it's clean, yeah. and it's drinkable. Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. Um, well, yeah you know the process and the and the recipe formulation two different things you have to kind of learn your process and have have that repeatable and once you do then you can take those numbers and use that to formulate a different recipe and say oh well i know i get this amount of extract from this amount of grain or extract and i can i know i get this kind of bitterness from this amount of hops and you can you can do that um one of the thing that, that, that's valuable if you can afford it sometimes is a refractometer and can help with problems in the boil where you can check it shortly, you know, halfway through and say, oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm boiling too much or not enough. You need to turn up the flame or add a little bit of water to it to end up at the right well,
3: gravity. Jamil, I know you've, you've changed systems a couple of times, and I have too. Yeah, it messes you up. It messes you up, and it's taken me, uh, this new system, it took me three, four, five brews to really get
1: on track again. See now I don't feel so bad. I'm glad to hear that because this new system has—I was all excited about—and it, it screwed me up. Doing my partial boil extract, I was getting to—I was using everyone's advice about right. fermentation and mm-hmm. whatnot, and I was doing well. And then I got all stoked about being able to keg ten gallons, and this new system screwed me up. Well, it's the, a lot of parameters change, a lot of parameters and whatnot. Going so uh, on
3: and, uh, and you you, you got to work for you, but <laughs> so you you got to work with that. It's not just your <laughs> recipe change. You you want to change this this recipe that you've been doing, and you're trying to tweak your recipe. In yeah, you also change your boil kettle. You you change your burner. Yeah, you're not like trashing your your uh, landlord's. Stove anymore, right? Right. Yeah, it still looks bad,
4: by the way. And it's tricky. And and you know, Scott and I have brewed you know a lot of batches, and so you would think it would be easier for us to adjust to a new system because we know the types of things that change, and we can we know how to correct for them. Uh, but it still takes quite a few batches, and so when you're just starting out brewing and you change systems, boy, it's you know it takes a lot of effort, and you just got to brew lots of batches and get used to it. Okay. This, this,
3: this new system I had, I was just like, oh, cool! I get to do this. I get to do this. Yeah. And things were like way out of whack. I'm not not used to that. I'm used to hitting the gravity right on, and I thought I adjusted to
1: it. No, right. Well, this is a lot of help for me. I'm glad you're saying it, and I want to say because I was I was getting frustrated when I tasted this batch. When I kegged it up and I tasted it, and it was absolutely the opposite of what I was looking for. I was really so discouraged. This is so frustrated. This is not a Justin beer. No, because I did every because I felt uh, I I I knew that I didn't transfer enough work. I knew that I messed up with my evaporation rate. But everything else I had done so well, I measured out at my house properly. I fermented it just right. I was so discouraged and frustrated uh, that I, I just I want to share this with, with you folks at home that are going through the same thing because now I'm feeling better talking to you guys. I've not wanted to... I'm like, I'm going to go back to kits. That's no, kind of what no, I said. No, I'm going to no. bu- buy a bunch of extract and I'm just going to do another extract kit because I'm feeling like I can't... But uh, well, the you, new should
4: be, you should be really excited about all the things you did do right. You know the fermentation. It sounds like you're it's a clean really got your fermentation down. You got you know got so many things that are working right. It's just a matter of dialing in what seems like evaporation rate right now. Yeah,
3: and you're working ten and, gallons, and, yeah, yeah.
4: and you want to get your chilling faster is the other thing you seem frustrated with.
3: And you got a lot of things, with. you got a lot of things in the process you what you need to dial in. Yeah. Don't, I, I wouldn't change this recipe again uh, until you got. Every, all your processes dialed in basically. Right.
1: Do you think I shouldn't have a case of IPA before I brew?
3: Is that like a case of the uh, flu? <laughs>
1: the chicken, limit yourself the chicken's to disease? Yeah. Like you think I should stop shooting up heroin, uh, uh, according to Jamil's advice? No. And but the heroin needle
4: is important in brewing. Right? It, is. Yes, right. so it is. But maybe I should use it more for brewing than for heroin. Yes. Yeah. Well, on the cocaine scale,
1: yeah, it's for
4: hops, <laughs> not for cocaine. At least
1: now. Here's a good question that came through from the chat, and I really like it because uh, I'm glad they brought this <laughs> up. Uh, I thought about this as I was doing it, and they're they're asking about if I'm running my water too quickly, and um, I don't know if that's specifically what they meant. My image of this and what my question was, okay, so I'm doing my mini mash, right? I think they were talking about you cooling it down. Okay. Well, then we'll ask about that in a
3: second.
2: Okay. Yeah, about the chiller. It's a chiller. It's just yeah.
3: about the chiller? Yeah. Am I you're running chillin- my water too quickly? If, no. if you're
2: chilling water, if you're running your chilling water too quickly, no, that was one...
3: It doesn't matter Is that, that way. 30 you'd minutes? be wasting water at a point. But it wouldn't change how quickly it cool would? No, work. the faster you run it that cooler, you're going to click cool it down but yeah. you're not gonna you're gonna lose more water okay it's not as efficient that way uh if you use a pre-chiller i don't even know what a pre-chiller I'll is. i'll talk to you after the show about that no let the listeners okay. know what a pre-chiller well, basically is. what i do, i retired my old immersion chiller yeah and i put it in a, a got cooler with an ice yeah and the tap water goes through that and then into my next chiller so I can, and, and a lot of these people. So it's you know, ice cold water, right? When it gets a through. lot of the guys in in uh, Florida, Texas, the southern states, they get tap water at 80 degrees. Yeah. What good is you know? You're not only going to get it down to there, not very fast. Yeah. So a lot of people run a pre-chiller. Okay. Uh, and it, you maybe not want to do that right away. You, you know, run the tap water through it first, get it down to. A relative 100 degrees or whatever then start routing it through your pre-chiller with your ice it saves your ice better okay that way and then now your your chiller water is you know 35 yeah and it's running through you, you'll it's just more efficient that way you get cool. it, you have to buy some ice
4: but one thing i think the the chat room might be talking about they might be referring to like laminar flow through the the coil that could so be too yeah you are you, flowing too fast, or you know at a certain speed, um, you know the the water along the the friction side of the, uh, of the 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 coil can kind of stick to the walls, and the the center core of the water can kind of break free of that and not carry it away as fast. That's okay. kind of the theory behind yeah, it. Um, so the, out,
3: you, the outside of the tube is only, only picking up the heat, and the inner inner core isn't doing it.
4: It isn't carrying it away, but I, I, I don't think that's a, as big a deal as people uh, on
3: a brewer,
4: think. On a home brewer level, such maybe a, Such a small tube that's curved. And if you've seen, if hey. you cut the that tubing apart, <laughs> yeah, if you the left-hand turn, if you've cut that <laughs> tubing open, you'll see that it's really rough inside. There's a mo- lot of little bumps and, and stuff inside the tubing. And most that
3: people that have, have wa- wound their own coil, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, most of us has got little dents and dings in that coil. Yeah. And that's enough to break up the laminar flow.
1: Okay. Yeah, and it's real lumpy inside, you know. So That's right. it. So, well, here's now here's what I got out of the question. It brought up this other point to me. Uh, I think this is a good question. Uh, I've, so I've got my, I'm doing my mash in a bucket. You guys know that. I'm doing the regular bucket mash. And that's bucket. how I'm getting, uh, you know, half of my fermentables, essentially. Then I'm adding extract for the other five gallons. Does it matter? So after, what I do is I add my water at, at hopefully 154 is what I mash at. And it sits there for 30 minutes. And then I transfer it to my kettle. Does it matter how fast I transfer my wort to the kettle?
3: Yeah, I mean, as far as efficiency goes,
1: yeah. It well, and you know, I, I, I don't mean I don't mean length of time sitting. I mean once I've waited the 30 minutes, now I'm transferring it. Yeah. Do, well, can you, I just uh, open the spigot? Well,
4: are well, you doing kind of, like a, a batch of or you doing,
1: doing a fly or part not. Part yeah. yeah. Hang on, I I didn't catch you. I got Doc. What'd you say, Jamil?
4: Well, I was asking the same thing. It depends if you're doing like a fly sparging or batch sparging. If you're draining the word out, yeah. then filling the bucket up with water again, letting it sit for a little while, and then draining it out again. That's
1: fine. You don't. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter. No. Okay. how fast. it okay. doesn't matter. Okay, because that's what I'm liking to do now. I, lo- okay. I don't know why. I've just kind of jumped on that bandwagon. I like Fine. to get another bucket of water and heat it up to 170 degrees. And so I go ahead and I transfer all of all of my first batch out. Right. And then I dump the 170 in there, and uh, then I drain that out.
3: Well, as long as you're being consistent about doing it the same way every time. Okay. Yep. And we're, what we're talking about in this whole show is being consistent, getting things on every time okay if you do that if you fly spars sometimes and batch spars another time and you you know that kind of you're messing with parameters here okay so if you do it the same way every time that's what you're going to do yeah and that's what you like to do yeah fine it it, it works great okay go for it dump it all out fill it back up dump it it all out let it sit out dump it out you you, as long as you know what you're going to get at the end yeah you're
1: good what about this how do I know how much water I'm adding to the mash for both of those? For both my first one that's mashing, that I let sit for 30 minutes, and then when I dump, then when I do the batch and I dump another bunch of water in there, how much do you want out? I don't know. Well, you want how much in your boil kettle? I want half of my batch to come no, you from want all your bit. Ba- oh, well, because I'm adding extract back. I'm doing I'm doing partial mash here. Okay. Because I don't have I I don't have a large enough thing to do a full mash it's out for of these. You ten gallons. You see, so I have to do five gallons of my uh, out of a mash, and then I, I compensate the other five gallons for extract. I know I'm making it complicated here, but it's because I don't have a mash ton that I can do the full thing.
3: Okay, it'll it'll matter how much you're getting from how much extract you're getting from your mash, and how much you're adding back. If you're getting three quarters from your mash and a quarter from adding extract, yeah. or half and half.
1: Well, how am it's I going to figure that out?
3: Math. Oh, what you know? How am I going to figure? Remember that back out? in thir- Remember back in third grade, you thought I never use this. Yeah, I still think that.
1: We'll talk about that. Jam- I don't like talking to Doc Jamil, because he's he he gets all doctor. He doesn't he doesn't understand like you do that I'm retarded. So uh, <laughs> Jamil, how am I going to figure this out? <laughs> well,
3: um, you want a rough estimate? You want to do it every time?
1: <laughs> it does matter how much water i use doesn't it yes it does well yeah
3: um but uh and how much you drain out you know the,
4: the, the thing the thing to do is uh
1: you know d- just use the same volume of water every time but right, well, how do how am I calculating? And th- this is look, this is for the listeners too, and, and myself. How am I calculating how much water to use? I, I under, I'll, I'll use the same every time. Where do I begin? Where do you begin figuring out how much to use yeah. initially? Uh, uh, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm using five gallons. I'm hoping for five gallons of word out of the thing. I'm dumping uh-huh. five gallons of of uh, preheated water to get my mash temperature right. I'm dumping uh, – actually, it's a little less. I guess I'm dumping about four gallons in there.
4: Well, uh, the way to do it appropriately is to figure out e- e- how much extract potential you're going to get from the different grains that you're using. Okay. So different grains have different extract potential. And you're going to say, okay, well, I'm going to get, uh, you know, through my method, uh, 65% of that potential is going to come out in X number of points per pound per gallon, and you're going to, uh, you know, calculate it out that way. the The problem is, it's very confusing for you know somebody if you're you can Mental ability.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> you
1: bastard. <laughs> to, uh, yeah. No, so,
4: but, you know, so that's why, like, I use uh, ProMash. You know, you, you use a piece of software or there's, um, there are free uh, yeah. spreadsheets out there. If you have a computer in Excel, there's free brewing spreadsheets that will help you calculate this stuff out. And uh, you want to use one of those and figure out. Uh, how much sparge water you want to use? How much base water you're going to use, and how much sparge water you're going to use? Yeah. And uh, those those will help you calculate out exactly how much you need. Right. It's, it's not one to one. Yeah. When when I'm when I'm doing this, um, the the way that I calculate it, I, I make up more sparge water than I will ever need. Okay. And because you don't want to run out. So I make up a bunch of sparge water, and then I fly sparge and I run my uh, sparge until I get to the correct volume in the kettle. I don't worry about stopping at a certain gravity or whatever because I know that um, you know the system works right, and I, I I really don't have to worry about it when when the volume's right, the amount of grains are right, it's it's there.
3: That, that's exactly what I do. I, I make up. I used to run out of sparge water.
4: Yeah. It's really not fun. So so what I would do is essentially what you're doing now is um you know you'd make your do your one run off the wort uh from the mash. Yeah. Fill it back up with X amount of water, just so you're doing it the same thing every time. And, okay. You know, five gallons of water. Fill the bucket to some mark on the bucket that's convenient. You know, let it sit for, for a while to rinse out the sugars. Drain it again, and you know you can do two two sparges, three sparges or you know or one or two okay uh, whatever whatever works for you. but if you've got five gallons in there and you're gonna do the other five gallons with extract, that's great. What I would do once you get the initial five gallons into the kettle yeah. is stir it up real good, take a hydrometer reading, yeah, and see how many points of gravity you have in there. I did that. Okay. Isn't and that weird? I did that. <laughs> do you know <laughs> and why? That, that, that's yes. you know, it, smart move. And, you know, write that down. And, you know, uh, when you when you do it again, you want to be able to repeat that and come up with the same amount. And if yeah, not, why? Yeah, yeah. And then you can look at it and say, okay, now if I add more grain, that number is going to go up. If I take some grain away, that number is going to go down. And, you know, you can keep the volume the same. Uh, you know, you want five gallons of liquid in there or six gallons or whatever it is and then you know okay now i'm going to make up the rest of the extract and extract the good thing about extract is the numbers are pretty much exactly the same every time so right. you have so many pounds of extract so many gallons of water it's always going to turn into the same thing if when you do your your sparge and your mini mash and your sparge and you end up with less than you wanted or a little bit more um you know uh, extract and sugars in that liquid you can either, um, if you are a little low, add a little more extract to the batch. Yeah. If you're a little high, um, don't add as much extract, or add a little bit more water and a bigger batch. Okay. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the way to do it. And a nice thing to do is to keep a,
1: a bag of uh, DME around. I did that too after that's the all, you last can just adjust with that. Yeah. yeah. And and so I I definitely followed that advice to have DME around because I was because I was so low on my gravity the previous time. Um, It's a great piece of advice there. The other one I'm thinking now because I didn't measure my gravity there is I I really like this refractometer deal because I had to, you know, take my gravity and put it in the freezer for (laughs) it long enough for it to cool down so I could get a proper reading and it w- and so now with my stuff sitting around again i would have been it would have been much better to take the refractometer advice then and uh really be able to take a, a gravity reading right away
4: one another way if you can't afford a refractometer i know a lot of people are really on tight budgets for for brewing yeah is uh you know measure how much liquid you're going to use exactly in your hydrometer jar or you know get a get a certain volume of, of liquid 250 okay. mils or whatever okay add two hundred and fifty mils of ice water to it. And what'll happen is it'll chill it down real quick and you just need to double the number that you get. It's gonna be um so if you if you get central because you cut it in half yeah. Of, yeah you get a reading of ten thirty. It's ten sixty. It's ten sixty. Oh. So that's a simple way to oh. do it pretty quick.
3: So let's let's work backward a little bit um but like let, let's say you know what your evaporation rate is. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna need. You need to give. You want to get ten, ten gallons in the fermenter. What are you gonna have to have at the end of the boil? Twelve gallons. Right. Right. And you gotta boil off a gallon in an hour. So you need to know what thirteen gallons of wort is gonna be as far as what the gravity's gonna be.
1: Is it a gallon an hour, no matter what?
3: Well, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's not. It's, changes. It's, it changes. No, it's whatever your system is. I see. If you've got well, a.
4: It, you should shoot for consistency again it is gonna consi- boil, and you yeah. go,
3: you're going to know whatever your boil is for your, your new system. Yeah. What you're going to boil off? I can't say what your system's going to be. You will know. So let's say you you're, you you want to boil for an hour. Yeah. Uh, you got to know what wh- how much gallons is going to come off in an hour for your system. It might be point eight gallons for yeah. somebody else. It might be point gotcha. yeah, one two. Gotcha. Or one point two. So you, you need to know that and. Figure out what's gonna what your gravity is gonna be at the end so you can shoot up, up to what you want to have. So what Jamil is saying is when you get your runoff, yeah, and you add all your water to it, you got to know how much extract each time to add. Hmm. So mm-hmm. you take a reading right when you get your your runoff mm-hmm. from your from your mash, and whether your mash is high, low, whatever, you you can add as much or as little extract as you want to get to that gravity. Say you want a uh, ten. 50 uh, When you're done Yeah So When you run off At 13 gallons You're going to have A 1045 And when you boil it down It'll end up being A 1050 At uh, You know 12 gallons Right And it's all about Knowing your system And being Being concise about What you're going to end up With at the end Right It's knowing your system How much boil off Comes off And when you do a sparge Sparges are going to Vary a little bit Because of ingredients Right And you can take a reading right at the end with a refractometer or with a hydrometer, a thing like uh, what Jamil was saying about with the ice water. Yeah. And you'll know right then how much extract am I going to have to put in there. And and it's pretty much concise about how much gravity points you're going to get per gallon, per pound of extract.
1: Do you see what I'm saying here, Jamil? He makes me do all these equations. It's not that Uh. bad. I, I think he's been drinking too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you there. I, I see what you're saying. I realize that my my problem is definitely not it, knowing what's it, happening. It's really there. one thing at a you time. Know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You
3: had a lot of things thrown at you. You had a, you had yeah. a new new flame. You yeah. had new kettle. Yeah. You had new ingredients. You had a new new hops. You had new everything. You know, but, I was drunk.
1: And yeah, whatever
4: you the do, IPA thing, yeah, on on the boil. You know, get you know, the the way you should kind of determine your, your boil is, you know, look at the surface and kinda of get get dialed into uh become one with the the wort boil and understand you know what it looks like exactly and try and reproduce that look every time. Yeah. And if you can, eventually you'll you'll learn, you know, what your evaporation rate is and you can adjust it up or down from, from there for flavor effect. But uh you know, just just try and always do it the same way. And okay. sometimes you can on the valves on the on the tanks, but the temperature has a big effect on that. So yeah. you really need to look at the, the surface of the liquid and understand what it what it looks like. Right.
3: So are you boil, are you boiling a lot more this time than you were last time? Can't yeah, you get, I get the that. boil? Yeah. Are you were having a lot of trouble with your burner? when you first got it because of the air intake. Sticking paper in it. Yeah, sticking <laughs> <laughs> paper and there.
1: That not tightening on the connections. Yeah,
3: and you know, scotch tape or whatever it takes to get the vigorously boiler going.
1: But it was vigorously, wasn't it, Danielle?
2: Yes, it was. I got a... That's always important.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I see what you're saying here. I do, and I actually, that's uh, with the evaporation rate, Jamil, that's what I was going for was I want to visually know my kettle. I want to know where I'm supposed to, what my wort level is supposed to be in order
4: to get it down to where it is supposed to be. And what the boil
3: looks like every time. Well,
1: is a big
4: part of how the the brewer really has a big effect on the ending beer. It's, you know, uh, we talk about recipes and all these other things and ingredients and equipment, and that's great, but you can have the same ingredients and recipes and equipment and different brewers, and you make two entirely different beers, and it's... You know, it's the observant brewer and the precise brewer that's able to repeat things. Uh, you know, as much as an, uh, you know, as much as, uh, you know, like painting is an art, it's that artist able to reproduce that breaststroke, you know, on demand that can make that, you know, th- that really becomes the artist. It's yeah. not somebody who just slaps something together. Right. You know, there there is a precision even things that don't look precise. So I uh, being question. able to do that is, is important. A great point, Jamil. Can so I ask it, you a
2: question, Jamil? Uh-huh do you fly sparge all the way through even th- with a low grain bill like an ordinary bidder to collect seven gallons of beer uh yeah good
4: um, <laughs> it's consistent yeah it's it, it, as long as uh, you know you got the right amount of grain in there uh you're really not you're not gonna end up uh with too low uh gravity on the sparge and the important thing is for the all grain brewers out there who are you know at a different level. Um it's important to adjust the pH of your water, your sparge water and your mash water, so that you don't have to worry about tannin extraction if your pH is, uh, uh properly adjusted. If it's, you know, you gotta keep it down, uh, definitely below 6, but, uh, you know, around 5, 7, you shouldn't have any problems with uh, tannin extraction even if you're doing something like an ordinary bitter.
1: Okay. Alright. See I like this is the kind of discussion I like because I, i'll be quite honest i I don't mind expressing my faults and what I'm doing wrong here because I think it's educational and certainly for me, and I get a lot a lot out of this conversation because now i I, I know sort of the basics of what's going wrong with what i'm doing it's not too hard to to tell. But but I need to. I like the pointers about where to begin with that, and and definitely it's 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 almost always where to begin. Where do you begin, right? So, and from there you get to go. A lot
3: of it's consistency. Can yeah. you do this again? Yeah. And not change one parameter and being consistent. And I want to change that. I want to change maybe the hop level or the sweetness level, yeah. but if you're not if you're not keeping consistent and the other things are going out of whack, you, you're not going to learn anything, or you're not going to make a better beer out of
1: it. And that's kind of the other thing I want to say here too, because Jamil was certainly getting at it, is being able to the consistency and being able to repeat mm-hmm. what you're doing. Right. Uh, look, I've made some really nice beers. I've made a couple of re- I love them. Uh, Whether or not I could brew that same thing again and do that that same thing again, I'm going to go ahead and say right now probably not because I don't have my – I don't have it down enough to repeat everything I'm doing and and, and make it consistent. Well,
3: Well, let's put it this way you you brewed a couple of beers that you really liked but there's one thing you wanted to change about that one yeah could you repeat it enough and change that one thing to improve it but keep everything
4: else the same yeah and and I think that's a lot of issues here yeah that's that's the hard part in brewing because yeah. you you know something needs a fine adjustment but you can't reproduce all the other things to make that fine adjustment and yeah. so the beers are all over the place and this is the problem that I think the majority of brewers have, some, some critical parts of their process are not consistent. And so they can't yeah. adjust to
1: make the beer better. They just kind of randomly are, are going around. And, and what I mean to say on the same note is that not only is it the hard part, as much as it was frustrating me, it's also the best part. It's the reason that we hang around here, kind of week after week, talking about this stuff. And you can you can spend years at this hobby because it's the best part. The best part is that uh, it, it isn't easy. It's hard to get to nail it down and to really make make sure you know all these processes. And that's the difference. Oh,
4: you and, can be Doctor Dr. Evil, no problem. Yeah. Well, and it's it's really easy to make. Uh, a, a nice, decent, drinkable beer. Yeah. You can make some really nice beer, pretty easy. Yeah. But it's when you really want to control and have, you know, artistic control over the process and get something exactly the way you want it. Yeah. That's when it gets harder. But you can make just some really nice beer with uh, some basics. You know.
3: Yeah, well, let's so, go into uh, competitions. That's what's cool. Competitions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the, the judges will say, well, you can have a little more malty this or a little little more hoppy for that style. If you've been brewing this same beer and getting the exact same thing, the last six batches, you could probably tweak it a little bit to get what the judges want to have, which would pull it right in. But if you're all over the board, it's the first one you brewed that was good, and then they want you to tweak it a little bit, it's going to be a little tough. Yeah. So um, it's a lot to designing beers and, and tweaking beers to get them
1: where you want to have them. Absolutely, Doc. And that is the Designing Great Beers show for you. You got the, you got the genius of, of the Ray Daniels, the help of Jamil and Doc, and the idiocy that is me. <laughs> to
3: help you all figure out that you have to. No,
1: no, It's no. a whole thing. It's a, it's such a good process. And, and honestly, it's why I love it. That's why I love doing this. And, and, uh, it does, I love the challenge. It is a challenge. And all the way through because, you know, Doc got to my level and passed my level and then got bored so decided he had to do the water chemistry and then got bored and decided he had to do something else and it's an awesome thing about brewing beer. It's very cool. Keeps going. You
3: can it's one of those hobbies you can always get better at. And that's what always most hobbies get me into is because it's something that you can always get a little bit better at. You can glean knowledge from somebody else. Anybody else. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, yep, yep, yep. You want to tell Mrs. Z happy Mother's Day and the same thank you we gave uh Mrs. Dr. Scott a uh, uh, a thank you for us, Jimmy, please? Oh, sure. Tell yeah. her we uh thank thank her for the time away that that uh, you get with us. That's awesome.
4: Well, and that's why I couldn't make it earlier. I was making dinner for
1: uh Oh, there you uh, go. For the mom.
4: Attaboy. What'd you make? You know, all that. What'd you make? Uh we did ribeyes tonight and uh corn mm-hmm. on the cob. And yeah.
3: Oh, well, the and the like summer's that. fest.
1: Got to like that. Gotta like, yeah, him. yeah. It was good. Well, thanks, Jamil. I, I actually, uh, I really appreciate the advice. Uh, glad you chimed in and helped us out with that in the end. There, it was sure. very cool. Very anytime. Cool. What's the next Jamil show? You remember? Uh, classic American Pilsner. Ooh. Oh, I had Docs uh, nicely aged Classic American Pilsner tonight. Whew. <laughs> okay. nice. Is that what? Is that one of the ones you won with?
3: Yeah. And, uh, no, no, not that. But this is one of Jamil's recipes. I hadn't found a really good recipe, and I said, Jameel, can you give me this one? Oh. Gives me a recipe. He says, you know what? This would be an awesome one to yeah. really, really push that late hopping thing with, and that's what I did it with. Oh, cool. And that's what you guys were drinking tonight. I got a couple more. Good beer. We'll probably pop those with dinner. Yeah, we're going to
1: finish. Uh, all the beers here keep slurring with so, the doc. Jameel, thanks for that recipe. <laughs> hey, anytime. All right, cool, Jamil. I think uh, so. Look, we might do this whole uh, competition discussion next week. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I understand you might be out boating and doing cool stuff, but uh, if not, I will be needing you. So, uh, okay, I'll call you up and let you know. All right, thanks, brother. All right, take care. See ya. Bye. The great Jamil Zana Chef. Uh, always a pleasure to have him on the show. And man, do the listeners like that guy, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's just the the information flood that comes in. It's just awesome. Yeah. You know what it is, I realize? Uh, because we get a lot of people on the show, yourself included, obviously, Doc. Uh, we get a lot of people on the show really know what they're talking about. Jameel has this thing of... Uh, Really getting right to the one source. You know what I'm saying? He really has this ability. He's a good communicator, and he listens. He listens very well and has this ability to nail down kind of the the point of the problem. Well, he gets me thinking. I'm always thinking in broad
3: terms, and he nails something down for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, (laughs) that, that, yeah.
1: He's really as smart as Jameel is. He's a very simple kind of a thinker Like in, in terms of he goes, and it's a smart thing to do. Go for the basics. Or it, it
3: columnizes it, columnize it down to the fact that Oh yeah, that.
1: Yeah. yeah. I like that. Like that about you, Milo. It really it helps me out because I'm uh, like, hey, don't get so esoteric on me, all right? Get right to the point and I I can deal with that. It's very cool. It's third grade math. <laughs> That's too high, actually. Second grade. I had a lot of trouble in third grade math, to be quite honest. Because you found your thing. <laughs> that was the same year I found my thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a lot smaller than <laughs> Daniela, how are you, dude? Good, how are you? <laughs> I know, the heat's getting to Daniela. She's uh, doing a lot of work over there in the chat room, and uh, she's looking at me like, get me out of the out of the heat, huh? You yeah. all right?
2: I'm fine, thanks.
7: <laughs> Everybody she's knows doing you're this. angry. Doing this. Listen to
1: her voice. She's, she's this. Everyone knows you're angry. What's wrong with you? Nothing. It's the heat, baby. <laughs> she does this, and then she goes, is it just the heat?
2: It's just the heat. It's
1: uncomfortable. Yeah. You ready to go? I am. Um, we all sweaty, baby. Sopranos in 40 minutes.
2: Well, I'm not going to make it because I will have to make dinner for you guys. Nah,
1: I'm making most of the dinner. You just got to make the salad. <laughs> we don't need dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on a liquid diet most of the night tonight anyway, I think. So... uh you're not going to miss Sopranos, he's don't good. you worry.
3: Oh, thanks. You've got to catch me up. I wasn't here last week.
1: So. Yeah, we'll catch you up. All right, listen. Next week is the cider show. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, I don't even have to tell you that because you guys have been begging for it for a long time. And uh, the return of Chicken Boy. He's going to come in the studio. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you this. It's his and Doc's show. And, and Two River Cider is coming in here to do that show with us. And okay, good. I've got a very hands-off approach because I don't even drink cider. Uh, not only do I not brew it. You I will. I don't drink it alcohol. You know what? I'll taste it next week. I'm going to say it right now. I'm not... Uh, it's not my thing. It's just not. And I'm okay See, with that.
3: See, this is what the Coors Light guys tell me. <laughs> it's just not my thing. I'll drink it. I'll like it. I'll smile at you. Uh, nice beer. Look, I can appreciate it. Just like I can, I can appreciate a good scotch, but I don't like it. It's it, not my thing. You haven't found one you like. All right. And, I, and don't get me on the
1: scotch thing. You haven't found one you like. <laughs> Don't get me in the scotch thing. I got enough trouble with all the beer I drink. I don't need to be finding a scotch that I like. So the next, uh, next week is the Cider Show. And, uh, listen, before that is the first show that we're doing on Free FM. It's www.1069freefm.com to tune in. If you're in the area, it's 1069. Uh, you just tune in on your radio. And, uh, I gotta tell you, uh, it's going to be a good show. I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be a nice show. It's definitely you know pushed toward the craft beer industry. We're going to do a lot of specialty segments about food and cooking with beer and different things like that. I I think it's going to be a broad kind of a show, and it's going to be a lot of fun and. Support is important. The whole industry needs support. It's it's all the same things that we talk about when we mention Craft Beer Week and we do all these things. It's important to support them because if if it doesn't, if people don't show that they're interested, they're never going to move any further. Right. The market value's going to go down. We're yeah. all going to be drinking Coors Light again. <laughs> And it kind of goes the same with the show. I think that the show on FM has the potential to uh, to really move forward. And I don't want you to tune in if you don't like it. And I don't want you to send feedback if you don't like it. But what I want you to do <laughs> Just is uh, if you like I it. want you to let us know. that. Oh, well, actually, I'd re- I do want you to tell me you don't like it. That's fine. But what I mean is I don't want you to lie. I don't want you no, to grease no. anybody's wheels. I'm not asking for that. I'm asking you to tune in and check it out and then go ahead and give your opinion and if there are things you want to change about the show it's the same as this one let me know man I'm ready to go to work for you guys and that's kind of the point of this show because it's got a big backer like CBS and I want to try to push it further so tune in and check it out and let us know and if you do like it let them know you see what I'm saying that's kind of the point that I'm getting at here you got to let them know because they're the ones who are going to keep it on the air or not we're going to keep trucking along here no matter what I think you're gonna get some big names on
3: there. Yeah. A lot of big names in the craft brewing industry. Yeah. Um, most people that are home brewers, you buy the craft brew. You don't you don't buy Coors and say, "Can I make that?" <laughs> uh, you you buy something that you you're, you're gonna want to make or a certain style you're gonna want to make. I still buy things because I want to know and take apart that beer. And it's probably a good venue to like pick these guys' brains. Uh, Get some insight on how to make that particular beer. I get a lot of requests. Do you have a recipe for this or that? Yeah. And uh, a lot of them are along a certain style and tweaked by these craft brewer guys. So they're the ones that are, are bringing it strong. That's right. And that's
1: the deal. They need our support to help move this whole thing along. So please check us out. That's next week on 1069freefm.com or 1069 if you're in the area. Also, please don't forget that our anniversary show is June 4th. June and we're forward. doing that for you guys as well. You know, we want to celebrate the the whole year and we feel good about it. And we want to celebrate that with you and for you. We got prizes to give away. We're going to have a lot of fun. A 21st Amendment brewed us a beer. Go to the forum and name it. There's a lot of things happening. Come out there and things. check us out. Cider Show next week. Daniela, thank you for all your work in the chat room tonight. You're welcome. Sorry about all the mess. What and, mess? And I'm sorry you sound so angry. <laughs> Boy. She not look angry. It's the first time. Usually, like, even if she sounds angry, it's like a funny angry. You know, she didn't even flip me off the whole show. That means she's actually angry. Oh, bad. Like she's just smiling at you. She's saving it up. <laughs>
2: Night guys. Uh,
1: <laughs> wow. We'll see you next week on this side of the show, everybody. Thanks for coming.
5: Right, by. Bye. best again. don't you give me don't you really love all? I'll take a Belgian crew at a time, and the women think the lamb is fine. But don't you give me that American crew, boys, I want a real homebrew. Homebrew, don't you really love a better homebrew? Can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind, I love homebrew all the time. Yeah, I think I'll have it. Well.